ladies and gentlemen, boys and friends beyond the binary, we're back with another episode of the Pridecast after uh, taking a one-week break. I'm back here with some friends, some non-Pride friends, but some friends nonetheless. Uh, uh, first off, our first guest pull off a big upset on Clash with the women against Noble Savage. It is the one, the only, Kennedy Matthews. Hey, hey. I said I'm sorry my voice is less uh, girly and less British, but... It, it, it's fine. I'm I'm sure that your other two compatriots in this podcast can more than make up for it. Oh, wow. It's very loud all of a sudden. Oh, wow. What is, what is that? Is something happening in the back? Uh, we just have an air conditioner going. That's it. I'll turn it off. Going. Give me a second. Okay. It, it, it suddenly got super loud. Oh, that's so much better. She didn't even do anything. She literally just oh. walked away and that was it. Oh. Mm. You walked away and he said it was so much better. <laughs> yeah, because like... Rude! <laughs> I didn't mean for it to come off as rude, but like... <laughs> okay, so like, I, it might be... Uh, okay, I assume that y'all are on... Like, the same computer because y'all are all, this, I'm only on a call of one Skype account yes, right yes, now? Yes, yes, Okay. Okay. Uh, Should we be on separate? No, 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 no. We're, we're too far in. We're too far in already to restart it. Uh, I hope you know that I'm keeping this, <laughs> this intro in. Oh, that's, that's quite <laughs> all right. Hey, it's a little bit more, uh, more entertaining that way, so. I'll give a, I'll give a, 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 a content warning at the start to like, have people cover their ears during the intro. And not only do we have Kennedy Matthews, but we also have another member of the... It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom, right? Or is it the royal, royal family? family? Royal family. Okay, I knew it was one of the two. I am not exactly up to date in my AW-ness. I'm a bad podcast host. But we have another member of the royal family, Estrella Louise. Hello, Estrella. I don't know, I don't know who Estrella is. It's Estrella. Estrella, okay. I have been waiting to be on here just so she can say that to you. Just saying. Oh my gosh, so you never, in all the time that I have said your name on this godforsaken podcast, you waited until the moment you were on the show to tell me that for the past, like, eight or so, pronouncing your name wrong. Well, I've been posting uh, in chat Dora gifts. Because uh, Dora finds Estrella. You see, see if somebody would catch it. And also the thing is, I generally don't read the chat if I'm like... I have the chat on mute because y'all post all day. And I I don't need my phone blowing up with notifications, so I just have that chat on mute. That makes sense. That makes sense. We're not here to talk about Facebook chats. We're here to talk about motherfucking E-Ring. And we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the latest episode of Clash. The upcoming episode of Glory that's actually going to be tomorrow and then we're going to take some listener questions so uh, uh, before we started recording I a quick little get this past episode of Monday Night Clash from uh, June the 24th uh, in my opinion a very good show very short two For pages sure. it only went to one page it accomplished a lot though it accomplished A lot, lots of matches. 
some big moments that we'll get into later. Uh, what did y'all think of this show? Uh, it was very solid. It actually felt like a pay-per-view to me. Oh, Minus the segments. Like, just the... the like, just the quality of matches. I mean, when you look at it top to bottom, I mean, it was just very quality, like, for the whole show. And we had three championship matches, which is yes. not a small number of championship no, matches. No, 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 no. Uh, and what about you, Estrella? I liked it. Good. It's good when the roster members like the shows that they're a part of. So, uh... We're going to get right into the show. We start off with an opening segment with Camila Gonzalez with people coming up to her and uh, basically making various demands of her. The first one is a guy by the name of Marcuson who asked to be be hired as a broadcast interview. And she, I think, says that he's just to get him out of her hair. Yes, that's pretty that's, much. That's funny. Uh, next up, Alex Richards comes in asking for a... A huge celebration because he's now the number one contender. And she's like, sure, I didn't even know you were supposed to be here, so yeah. Uh, right after that, Hajit and the Patel twins come in with Hajit yelling demands to get the Patels signed to a contract. I told. I gotta her, say, I like this side of Hajit. Oh, I, really I, do. I do too. I love new heel, super uber anti-American Hajit. Praise me, Camille. Praise me for I'm the new king of Trapura. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then Camille's like, "I what I was trying to say is I did offer them a contract. It's in your locker room, and I suggest you sign them and give them back to me immediately so that I can put you on the official roster. And Hajit's only response is, you will praise me, Camille. <laughs> you know, we, we, may have to, we may have to make a spot in the royal family for Hajit here shortly. <laughs> the only man allowed. <laughs> the, the only man allowed. I mean, Jace wasn't even allowed, but... <laughs> well, Jace is gone, so... Well, at the time is what I meant. At the time. Uh, and finally, this made me laugh, uh, Rick Mad. Rick Mad comes in asking if he's booked tonight. And, of course, the answer is no, because Rick Mad is not signed to Action Wrestling. Uh, I, I gotta say, I don't even know who Rick Mad is. It's so, probably just where I'm newer. <laughs> yeah, so Rick Mad is, is very much a byproduct of the extremely old era of WCF. He was one of the... Gotcha first like names out of that and that's because he was character whenever Seth uh, had like a, a match where he wanted to participate he would just throw in Rick Matt actually fun fact I learned this from reading Seth's roleplay for WCF Endgame he got the idea for WCF when he was uh, in doing like a creative writing assignment in like uh, I think middle school or high school something like that one of the grade schools and, like, part of his creative writing summary is that he made up a fake rash between two guys, and one of them was Rick Mad. So, Rick Mad actually wow. precedes WCF. So, he is an old... That's character. a journeyman right there. He is a, he <laughs> is a journeyman for, in the truest sense of the word. He's, like, he's kind of like WCF's version of Barry Horowitz. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh and then we get Billy and Chris being like, ah, oh, welcome to class. We, we're at a great show tonight. Blah, da, da. Nothing. Just hyping up the U.S. championship. Tournament. Yeah. Uh, we go down to our first match, which is uh, just a normal match. It is RJ Collins versus who the fuck, fuck is, is Alan, Alan v? I'm so glad that that joke is going to uh, yes. the newer people. 
Uh, listed here. I, I do it every he is, time right along with you. <laughs> oh, nice. He, he, he's actually listed here as Alan in me, so. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I hope that he is here to stay because, like, I've seen he has been. At, before I went on my break and before I stopped paying attention to AW for like a week, I saw that he was pretty active on like the various boards. So I think that he and Johnny Styles, as we see later in the show, are here to stay. So that's always good. And RJ Collins, great new guy. Um, a lot is made in this uh, match about how big RJ Collins is. And they frequently compare him to various fast food items like... He's a, Chris Avery says he's a double stack with bacon and cheese, and Billy says there's gravy on his fries with a side of onion rings, which is the weirdest euphemism for a person I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> RJ throwing his right with a, weight with a shoulder. Big boys being big, he does it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that's just great. Like, I just, I, I really love, like, Everybody who writes matches has pretty much caught on to how Billy and Chris react to each other. And it's just great that throughout the whole show, you can see that all the writers are right on the same page with those two. Oh, yeah. Um, that was actually kind of an issue in, like, WCF. Um, yeah. Uh, infrequently, there would be, like, debates on how to portray Zach Davis and Shannon Lurch or Zach Davis and Freddie Woe or yeah. whoever, else was, whoever else was commentating at the time. Maybe Lucius Jackson before he got fucking beheaded um and uh, not a not a long match a very quick match uh rj collins gets the win uh big boy walking tall after hair up there a harrowing bout uh so yeah rj collins has really impressed me i will say that oh yeah he's he's one of the best new guys uh chris Avery says skill was on the legend side but it couldn't match to sheer mass big boys have their day Awesome, awesome. Moving on, we have the Warriors of the North and the Hollywood Elite listed as we are the Elite because... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it, funny because, like, Shadow Love was like, just leave it, just leave it. <laughs> now, I don't blame Tort for making that mistake because no. uh, I'm going to pull up the Hollywood Elite's uh, roster page. Um, it is so fucking esoteric yes. in the way that it is presented. It is. Uh we are the we are the. We don't even list uh, finishers or. Uh, <laughs> I love that under alignment. It just says thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I think into that a little bit, and especially you know us writers who are going to be writing their matches and whatnot. Now, I have a question. Um, how yes. can Polly Shore star as the Hollywood Elite's number one fanboy FPV, but also be uh, himself? That seems like a contradiction, unless he has multiple... Well, I mean, it, it, it's Polly Shore, so he's capable of it. Like, I guess so. I don't want to see... I don't want to see a movie where Polly Shore plays three different characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him pulling a Doctor Strangelove, because it's going to be terrible. I've already made my feelings yes. about Polly Shore known on this podcast before. Uh, I'm not a Polly Shore fan myself. Of him is obviously sarcasm, but also uh, Matthew Damon starring as Matt Damon as himself. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it's a tag team match between Warriors of the North and the Hollywood Elite, uh, and you can tell that them not having an entrance on their roster page right now hurts them because uh, all it says for the entrance is the Hollywood Elite theme hits the PA. A shout of love with Miyamoto and TFK walk out to the stage. They taunt and shit and, and shit talk the crowd uh, as the crowd boos them. 
very bare bones entrance. I will say, if they get on the same page, Shadow Love will find a way to write a elaborate, freaking uh, entrance for them for sure. I mean, the entrance of a Shadow Love match is usually longer than RP's <laughs> made for the television title. So, <laughs> uh, but we get a very nice, another very sh- quick short match as uh, TFK gets the win for the Hollywood Elite as he gets a, a director's cut. It's good seeing TFK back and active as he is. Like TFK yeah. is somebody I really, since I came into WCF, I've looked up to. So oh, yeah, he is one of the one of the best guys out there, and the TFK character is just fucking money. And so it's yeah. good to see that he is uh, <laughs> bouncing back after poking the Odin bear, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was yeah. like. I, just I was like, a, yeah, I want to see I, this match. And then I, I read the roleplay, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a flashback to some bad times in WCF when Lilith called everyone, uh, like, Odin Bear and uh, TFK Bear and all that. And I just, a, a part of me that I repressed deep in my memory just went, ugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I, I wasn't around for that whole thing, but I read back and saw all that, and it was kind of cringy. <laughs> Very much. Anyways, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. let's talk about this fucking match. This the, match here, I'm very invested in. The Jared cru- Miller. <laughs> cruiserweight championship match. Uh, Alexander Pasternak versus Derek Vaden. If Pasternak loses, he cannot have a title match for the rest of 2019, which is a pretty big stipulation. We he cannot challenge for any title for half a fucking year. <laughs> you know, Chris, Alex looks ready for anything tonight, and the truth is, he better be, because if he loses this match tonight, he'll never get another match for the rest of this year. That is a really long time and wait, too. Well, Billy, I'm sure Pasternak will have it all under control. We've seen him face greater challenges than this, so I'm sure he'll find some way to overcome this. It's going to be a shit-fire kind of night if he doesn't. <laughs> Billy took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> so Chris Avery was thinking shit-fire? Uh, I, I suppose that Billy has finally broken Chris Avery, and Chris Avery just goes with whatever happens these days. Um, if I can not drop my mic, that would be great. Yes. We are a very professional podcast here on the Pridecast. That's what that's what, that's what what Pridecast stands for. It doesn't have anything to do with stables or uh, Pride Month. No, it is a, it's a shorthand for professional podcast. <laughs> that's very shorthand there. It's a very short hand. <laughs> that has to be one of the dumbest jokes I've made on this fucking show. It's all right, Frank. It's... Uh, uh, so, um, let's fucking talk about what happened at the end of this match. Fucking, uh, there was a brief moment where Vaden was about to reverse a move that Pasternak hit on him, but the referee was distracted for just the splittest of seconds, and... Uh, Alexander took uh, uh, advantage and took the mayor of Dick Kick City to Dick Kick City. Uh, and then after uh, the ref turns around, he he hits the prologue 1917, pins him. Alex Pasternak is a two-time cruiserweight champion. What horseshit is this? <laughs> I will say, we, uh, me and Estrella over here almost had to sue Derek Vaden because in WCF we had Dick Punch City. With Forgasm, so <laughs> it was close. Well, listen here. Kicking people in the nads is not original by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, I know. But it We're takes a certain 
It takes a certain kind of husband to get something like that over. <laughs> now, uh, Pasternak, my boy, my dude, he is he is riding high. Not only is he now the cruiserweight champion again, not only is he an admin, but he has his own god diddly damn podcast now that he 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 did not tell me that he was going to report the admin cast. He oh. just went and did it. I, and I, I was like, Oh man, I wonder what AEW is up to. What the fuck is an admin cast? And then I, I saw it. I was like, oh. <laughs> and this was like two days ago when I saw that. I, I was like, like when I saw it the other day, I was like, admin cast. I'm like, this can't be Frank. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, it's Corey. Yeah, Corey <laughs> putting himself out there, and then not because uh, the little bit of the cast I listened to is mostly Spencer and Tort talking, and yeah. Corey was just like. Uh, yeah. And then there's this. Okay, uh, now I'm you gonna, guys talk. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish that podcast later, but, uh, good on him for getting the Cruiserweight title yeah, back. Yeah. Uh, Jerry's coming for it, though, just saying. Yeah. Alright, next up, we have a Kyle Kemp segment. Um, and this is just another segment of Kemp and Kamiya sniping at each other. Uh, Kamiya says that, uh, uh, I booked you in the United States Championship Tournament because I know you'll lose. You always lose, Kemp. You give the fans hope, and that's just enough ratings boost for me, but I always know you're going to lose, and that also makes me happy. It's a win-win for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lose. Not this time. Yes, you will, Kemp. You and I both know it. You see, you were around when there were so many young up-and-coming names. There were Spencer Adams, Mikey Extreme, T.O. Del Sol, and you. You were, so, you were all supposed to lead this industry to the next generation, and they have all held up their end of the bargain, but you! They've all been world champions, and you haven't! You will always lose the next big match! You will always choke, and that is enough for me. So I'm going to keep putting you out there, and you are going to keep proving you right. Good luck out there tonight, Kemp! I and Kamiya pats him on the chest and then walks away. <laughs> I think I'm going to start reading Kamiya in like a very, very angry anime character voice like you just did. <laughs> 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 you were supposed to lead the century <laughs> to the next generation. You. Uh, I've been I've been watching uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion that came on Netflix, and I've also been watching uh, Lupin, Lupin the Third Part Five, um, and assorted other shows. I'm a big weeb, so that might <laughs> dip into my inflections of certain characters. Ah. Uh, uh. All right, well, moving on, we have uh, our first match for the U.S. title tournament. It's Walter versus Bo Blaze, that fucking Judas who broke up the Cowboys from hell, Bo Blaze. Um, and then we got uh, absolutely not the NXT UK world champion Walter coming out. Which, which is kind of funny. Did you see what he actually said about that? No, I didn't. What did he, he say? He said that he actually doesn't watch wrestling and he had no clue there was a wrestler named Walter. Oh, well, I already knew that because he, he said it in one of the, the... It was just great. The posts, he's just like, I don't watch wrestling. I didn't know that there was a wrestler out there who was also named just Walter. But it's not all caps, so we, we're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. I, I don't think we're going to get sued anytime soon. But This um, match was actually really good, I thought. Like, oh, yeah, this is a really good uh, match um, in general. And... I'm really glad that Walter got the win here because um, the, the handler for Walter is, is insanely talented. We all know this, so 
My second match as Kennedy Matthews in WCF was actually against him. And he, you know, it was like I won. And then I was like, oh, shit, really? (laughs) And at that point, I was like, okay, I lost that one. But, like, it was was close. But, you know, he's, like you said, he's insanely talented. He really is. He is. He really is. Uh, He gets the mark of the beast onto Blaze. And then he drops one, two, three. Wow, what an impressive win by Walter. Bo Blaze is a decorated champion here in action wrestling, and it's not a pushover despite the huge size difference. So yeah, there we go. Uh, what do you think? What do you think Bo's gonna do after this? Now that he's fucking turned his back on Zeman. Um, I can actually see a good. Uh, I, th- I think Bo Blaze, in my opinion, should actually go for the TV title. <laughs> I think it'd be really good for him. That or the Hardcore. I think the Hardcore title would be another one for him. Him and Corey Bull, I think, could do an amazing, some amazing work together. Him and Scott Slayer, James Wolf, these guys could all work together so well. I actually was going to say the Hardcore title, but I didn't even think about the TV title. That would also be a nice. Uh, I mean, even you know, with uh, with. Uh, Peyton holding the title right now, that could be that, that could be a really good feud for that title. Oh yeah, well, depending be, on what happens, that, you know, that would be such a cool. difference in styles of writing, and it would be really yeah. cool to see. Coming up next, we have Lizzie Hope versus Hajit. Match of the night, right here. If you give me a moment, cut my damn music. Hello, you pitiful garbage Americans. You sweat hogs with your sweet teas and sugar drinks make me sick. You're all a bunch of fakes like Lizzie Hope. She's not royalty, damn it. I'm a king. And then Tijan says, uh, I don't think I'm going to even try to say that. Uh, it's like trying to read a Kennedy Matthews roleplay. Oh, oh, God, so burned. He's like, uh, he said, stand up and give your life to me for I am King Hajit. I love Hajit so much. You gotta love Hajit. I think this might be... I think I might like this version of Hajit more than Meet My Knees Hajit. <laughs> because, uh, mostly because reading his segments on the Pridecast, I just love getting into this angry man. Just <laughs> stand up and kiss so her here I come. And then uh, Lizzie Hope comes in and... Uh, Lizzie Hope gets the win. Good shit. Hey, um, that's a huge win. I mean, you I just mean, yeah, it is. So. Like, <laughs> legitimately, like, actually, I, I was about to say that she beat the winner of this year's Prince of the tournament, but it was last year's. Uh, Chase Jackson won this year's, and I keep yes. forgetting that. But no, Lizzie Hope gets the win. She has been defeated here tonight, and Lizzie is going on a glory. Now this match, I was kind of shocked that it was kind of short as it was. I thought it would, I thought it would have been a little bit longer. Uh, it's another match for the Glory Tournament. It's KOS versus Barry Ray Buford. Uh, Barry Ray getting a fucking jobber entrance. He's already in the ring. Yep. And uh, we get the We Gonna Be All Rights. KOS coming in. You know it. And uh, yeah, KOS gets a very quick, decisive victory um i it has is barry ray buford gone is, yes okay uh, and he just right now so okay that is a shame comes back soon oh yeah for sure i was digging barry ray a lot and I actually oh yeah and i i uh i feel bad and i know i always i've said this like a billion times but i feel bad that i spread the misinformation as to who that handler was
because I should have done better research, but uh, hopefully he will come back soon. And uh, KOS take, uh, gets the uh, gets the rope from that. So I will um, say, like uh, KOS Spencer, uh, whatever you want to call him, he uh, he actually has shown like with this gimmick change, it's been like so much more intense. Oh yeah, this character. I I always knew he could do intense when he was during his like brief stint uh, his stints as Andre Aquarius he could do intense really well but yeah. uh, this is is really nice to see and uh, good shot from uh, from J Mac. Moving on, we've got a red, white, and bruised segment which fits because uh, both me and uh, Stray have bruises ourselves. So yeah. <laughs> uh, Nikki. I bet you're all wondering why we're on the action show and not in some dance, some dunce Indiana clash. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. That's that's a nice little touch. Sunday that night. is a, that's that's a little burn right there. It's quite simple, really, and I'll speak slowly so all of you idiots in the arena can understand. Your esteemed general manager didn't book us to be in your crap town, and she hasn't booked us since Evolution, but we're actually okay with that. Carly and I can rest up and heal up and be at 100% for glory. Her glory. For glory. Our lawyer read our contract, and this counts as an actual appearance. Last week, Vimea decided to give us a match at glory against those two losers, the talentless enhancers. Which is fine, but even though it's going to be an easy title defense, we're not sorry that we are not there live in person, because like my partner stated earlier, we're above appearing in crap old towns like yours. Exactly. Now, if you'll excuse us both, we have engagements we need to attend. And then, uh, they try to walk off, but the talent enhancers use a kits, and they come out under the action tron, actually in Sundunst, Indiana. Uh, talking shit. First of all, you two good-looking some bitches need to know something. At Evolution 2, you took our tag team championships. You took our moment. You're riding in our pay raises. This should be our division. But it's not, is it? Nope. Because somehow we're not the tag team champions. Than you are. So you've had it up to here with whoever is running this shit show anymore. It seems like we never get what we deserve. We never get true championship shots. And we never get a fair opportunity. Until now. And now it's going to be fair. That's why we're so confident we'll win the tag team championships of glory. We're putting our contracts on the line. <gasps> if we win, which we will, we'll be the new and rightfully tag team champions. But if you two hot pairs of legs win, then we'll rip up our contracts and leave action wrestling forever. <gasps> what the heck? <laughs> See you at glory, you diamond licking bitches. What I'm going to start using that. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good burn. Diamond licking diamond licking bitches. Oh, man, talent enhancers putting it all on the line. For sure. For sure. Oh, God, I'm ready for the tight team division to heat up. It's it's heating up. Like, you know, really big congratulations to Carly Nash, you know, winning it with White and Bruised. I mean... Yeah, especially considering that uh, in a tight team division, that I think for the most part is comprised of two people. Uh, Carly Nash did, has just one hander, which is yep. nice. For sure. Uh, we'll see how the talent enhancers do at glory then. <laughs> Moving on, we have... So I had to swallow there for a minute. 
We have a TV title match. We got Nick Holden versus Roger Payton Jr. <sighs> uh, so we got a uh, King Spade Nick Holden. Holden has come hot onto the scene, although the same can be said for the meteoric rise of our new champ. Each still looks to put their mark on the duck. Excuse me? Oh, well, here's the thing. I guess you could call AW the dub because there's a W in there. Yeah. But, but I always, everybody knows the dub is WCF. Yeah, too. I always associate dub with WCF. That was a weird... Yeah. But I will excuse it because it does technically make sense to call AW the dub. So I'll let it slide. Uh, <laughs> Champs aren't, aren't by accident, man. I still have my bucks down on RPJ. That's not his nickname. <laughs> Feels good, though. <laughs> I can't blame Billy. I mean, if you got a guy and you can refer to him as just three letters, it's it's a really good feeling. Yeah, that is for sure. I mean, FPV, for for instance, right? FPV, QDT, TFK, TFK KOS, NVL. Oh, the list goes on and on. Introducing, from Whitefish Bay, Wentz Johnson, by way of Iowa State, weighing in at 270 pounds. The Colossus, Roger Payton Jr. Roger Payton, the only man to destroy you of kindness, came in with quite a storm. Uh, and Billy says that backstage, Roger Payton uh, complimented his weight and said to keep working on it. So, huh. Oh, very good. Very good, Roger. Thank you. Oh, I love the character of Roger because I know Flash for writing the, yeah. the big super heel, and this is a nice change of pace, but... Deep down in the back of my mind. I'm I, waiting for that I, turn. Oh, oh, I'm... Because when he turns, it's going to be a oh, big yeah. fucking deal, because he's going to turn by fucking killing a man. I, I, I bet you he'll... I, I remember you. when when somebody told me it was Joey Flash, I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I reread, like, some of the RPs, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I can see it. Holland loaded a gun, but he's already sidestepping Roger Payton. He's from the Cruiserweight division, being under 201. And that speed is making me see double. That are those three beef and cheddars you down. Jesus Christ. Gotta love the Arby's plug. Oh, we have the meats. Uh, that was textbook wrestling. And back to that waistline. What a combination. Uh, what a clothesline. Tasting that sound and fury. Jane Austen. Falconer. Read a book. Oh, man, so many literary references in a dumb e-fetting match. Yeah. Because right after, Billy says Atlas Shrugged, which is the name of uh, Roger Payton's finisher. And, uh, yeah, Roger Payton Jr. gets the win. Easy peasy. New awesome TV champ. Hell yeah. yeah. Moving on, we've got one of the initial buddies for the Glory Tournament. It's QDT versus Ryan Elias. I gotta say, Ryan Elias is another one that I've really had my eye on in this in this company. Oh yeah, he he is one of those sleeper guys that like you don't hear a lot of, but when you do hear something, it's usually positive. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, uh, we really have dealt a lot with him. You know, with him and Lissy having their little their little rivalry and whatnot. So it's been really fun, you know, seeing his work week in and week out. For sure. But also, it's it's QDT. It's, it's QDT. It's the boy, Q 
QDT. Two weeks ago when I faced him, I was like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm here now? <laughs> he, he is one of those milestone guys that when you, you go up against him, you're like, you are going places. So And uh, he gets the win. Excellent trajectory. Um, I think QDT might be one of the favorites to take the whole tournament. So... Yeah, it's it's a tough draw though, drawing Wade in the second round. But we'll get to that later. Oh, that yeah, we're gonna get to that later. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to QDT on the win. Next up, another glory match. It's Kyle Kemp versus Dane Preston. Um, Dane Preston still in the midst of that rivalry with LA Johnny Styles. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, skipping along to the end of the match. Um, uh, Kyle Kemp actually chokes Preston out to get the win. Uh, actually, no, Preston taps out. He doesn't yeah. get knocked out. He does <laughs> I would be like, whoa, Kyle, calm down. But um, he gets a tap-out victory, which is always good. Kyle Kemp proves Camille wrong, goes forward in the tournament, and then after, uh, Billy and Chris... I've noticed that. I've noticed that uh, when the commentators start randomly putting over the loser in the match, I'm always waiting for uh, someone to come out and attack them. Yeah. It seemed to be the way it goes. That's usually how it works. As uh, uh, Preston is one tough son of a bitch. You can't just get caught with that joke. I'm telling you. He's a hell of a talent. But Kemp had it here tonight. And all of a sudden, a man rushes into the ring. And just starts going lefts and rights. What the? That's L.A. Johnny Styles. What? Those two have a wild history. And I guess it isn't over. I thought Styles was gone. I thought he loved action wrestling. I guess not. Now, I'm actually... Not aware of that story, sadly. I did not know that Styles um, was... Well, uh, apparently, like, it was going on to chat a little bit. Just a little bit of it. Apparently, Styles had messaged Preston, told him he was leaving, and then went to torture behind Preston's back and was like, have me attack him if he loses. Ooh, <laughs> what a fucking... What a fucking power move. That is... That is... That is what you. That's the. That's the thing that you bring up when you start talking about the ethics of e-wrestling. If that is okay to do, because you are, you are working the boys in the back when you're doing that. That is, like, what was the reaction when that got out? Because I, um, I missed all. Torture essentially, if I remember correctly, basically told them to get their shit together and come back to them with it. <laughs> all right. That's okay. Good because like. That's not the way that you build a feud with someone by lying to them and going behind their back and talking to FedEx like, hey, hey, uh, have me attack him if he loses. I mean, God. Yeah, apparently he told them just to get their get their shit together and work together and get back with him. Well, good. I'm glad that he I'm glad that he took that route because that's the problem yeah. about building a good feud. So, uh, anyways, congratulations to Kyle Kip moving on. He is awesome. And we have a Andre Jensen segment. Yeah, I'm glad Jensen's back. I really am. It is I, Andre Jensen. Now, last week, I seem to remember starting to tell you about an objective, a quest, if you will, pertaining to the Cruiserweight Championship right here in Action Wrestling. Now, before I get to that, I just want to make sure that I am not actually booked today. I mean, I didn't see my name on the card, so I'm assuming no. I don't want to presume, as I know what dungeon masters are like, and Port does like to spring surprises on people. You know, guests and such. Last week, when Miss Monster wasn't scheduled to be anywhere near the building and turned up for a fight, heck, 
Casey Holiday might try and cash in on me. I still have the actual world title after all. Oh. Good old Jensen. Now, Jensen is right. Dungeon Masters, I know from experience. Yes. He's sneaky and shit. They do. Uh, and also, he does still have the actual world title. He, Kyle Cameron never got that back from him. This is true. Uh, and then as this uh, segment goes on, all of a sudden, Andre Jensen uh, is interrupted by Magic Maddox coming out. <laughs> Magically. Magically, yeah. <laughs> In the blink of an eye with a poof. And um, he is there to say that uh, he is supposed to be out there fighting Wade Moore and Andre Jensen is out there. And after using up a lot of uh, Andre's 700 word count, Andre just super kicks him and then just leaves after hitting 700 words. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. You used up all the words. <laughs> now, what makes this really funny is that in his own words, Matt says, I've just realized, or more specifically her tort, that this segment is actually not supposed to be here. I'm apparently supposed to be fighting Wayne Moore right this second. Hold on. Uh, but the next match is Tio Blaze and Jacob Lister. Yes. And then the next match is Magic Maddox versus William Moore. Andre Jensen starts to walk back up the ramp as Boogeyman hits the EA system. There is a discrepancy in the time-space continuum here, my friends. Yes, there is. For um, sure. It's funny, though. It's way too late to fix it, so I'm not going to raise this thing about it. I'm just going to point out how funny it is. Um... Yeah, Andre Jensen for the Cruiserweight Championship, for sure. No question about it. Moving on, I think that this might be my match of the night. In all honesty. Yeah, it's definitely up there. I mean, it is. you know, T.O. coming back, I mean, well, coming to action wrestling, but coming back to role-playing, you know, WCF closing and whatnot. <laughs> and then Jacob Lister. Jacob Blister has just thrived in action and wrestling, I think, this character. Yeah, sure. uh, and I think that Obi is having a lot of fun here. Um, I can tell from the way that he wrote this match. He seems to be in that groove when you're really into e-betting. Yeah, and it's always good to see people having fun, because if you're not having fun, what the fuck are you doing here anyway? Like... Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but we have a very, like, back-and-forth match. This is actually, I think this is the longest match of the night. Um, it's very back-and-forth with lots of Lots of thrills and spin. Yeah. Um, but Tia does get the habanero high dive for the win. And he is making it forward in the glory tournament. It's so nice to see Tio fucking succeed in this company. Uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, I thank Tio a lot. Like when I was TV champion over in action, or WCF, when I was TV champion over there, like I was down on my luck, feeling bad, like, and then he like comes to me and he tells me you know that he when he changed from Tio Del Sol back to Tio Blaze was because of the feud with me he felt like he had to do it in order to keep up with me so that made me feel good about my character and that kind of thing oh yeah he he has like one of those just like magne magnetic positive like personalities that people can latch on to he's in my time that I've known him I know him as a very never say die kind of guy where you will you it, you can see it from the way that he stayed loyal to WCF till the very end. That he is very much a ride or die kind of guy. And you need these kinds of guys in your fans. And I'm glad that 
action wrestling is a fed that he chose to come to. Yeah, for sure. So moving on, we've got another glory title tournament. It's Magic Maddox versus Leviathan. Wade, Wade and more. I gotta say, Wade was killing it before, but with this Leviathan character, he's killing it even more. Oh, I didn't think that was possible. I love, I love the Leviathan. I love the Eldritch text. I love the gimmick change. I love everything about it. Oh, and oh man, I, I like Magic Maddox, but I don't, I don't know if he stood a chance against the Leviathan. Yeah, you say it across from Wade Moore, that's about the best you can do, is just hope for the best. Yeah. Hope you catch him on an off week, but there's not really any off weeks for Wade Moore. No. William Moore, the Leviathan, whatever you want to call him. The Leviathan is on a warpath, and it looks like that man with the U.S. towel strapped around his waist, and his name in the history book says, A.W.'s first ever triple crown champion. I did not realize that. Oh, yeah, he is getting there, and it, it could happen. Well, oh, and at the very end, uh, QDT comes out because they're going to have a match at Glory. It's going to be an Evolution 2 rematch. Oh, man. The Leviathan has been unleashed. Uh, hopefully, QDT can make up for his loss at Evolution 2, but we will see. And then next up, we've got your shit. For the Glory Tournament, Noble Savage versus Kennedy Matthews. And uh, why don't you walk us through this? As you drop your microphone again. Sorry, we're on yeah, like a we're, really tiny yeah, desk. Yeah, it's a small desk. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start off saying, you know, it was an facing off with Noble Savage, but I was... very much not looking forward to this match just for the simple fact that I thought for sure I was losing. Entrance <laughs> theme, so it was really cool seeing the new entrance and everything in there. Um, you know, it's it went back and forth. Um, really short match, but, you know, being able to hit the, uh, the Brexit curb stomp and get the win over someone like Noble was very, very... shocking to say the least yeah uh me and noble were talking leading up to the show being posted and i was like just so you know you won she's like no i didn't i'm like yes you did and we like went back and forth and then like i didn't even see the results i was at work and she messages me and like well first uh lissy hope and astraya messaged me and just put a bunch of exclamation marks i'm like what what the hell what are you guys talking about <laughs> so i went into the bathroom at work and read the match <laughs> Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" You know, but you know, to win it with the curb stomp was really cool, considering Noble uses a curb stomp as well. Yeah. So it's almost like a like an exclamation mark. And I know that Tort was putting you over in the, the chat, like, like yeah, it really felt good. You yeah. Know, changing up my role play style is kind of, you know, adding the narration to kind of tie the scenes together has kind of made me made my flow a little bit better. And then the Cockney accent, you know, you can hear Kennedy's shrill voice in the back of your head now. And that's, that's good when people were able to actually write in the accents of their characters properly. Like, I think another guy who does that really well is uh, Dandy DeVito. He gets that, he may not be able to speak that accent, but he gets the accent down pat. 
Yeah, for sure. And you know, when I when when I posted that role play, Dandy came to me. He was like, "If it works, it works. Keep up with it." Yeah. If it, hey, if it works, then keep doing it. So. Um, but yeah, advanced, and you know, it feels good to be in something you know so amazing and so uh, game changing like this tournament. Yeah. Well, moving right along, we've got a very big segment. We've got a Casey Holiday segment. Um, Casey hasn't been around for a little bit. Been a little low-key. People wondering about her. She comes out, and she says, <clears throat> I said that tonight I would be here. I said that tonight I would call my shot. And, of course, that leaves an open interpretation. But before I get to exactly what I mean, let's talk about evolution. The question that I've been hearing is why. Why didn't you cash in your all-in contract at Evolution? The logic was sound, right? I hardly had any trouble with Chris Santiago that night. I was probably the freshest wrestler of everyone on the roster that had already competed when the main event came on. But don't worry, I have three reasons why I didn't cash in that night. Reason one? Come on! Do you realize how predictable that would have been? Anyone would have been like, oh, main event of Evolution, cash in, cash in, cash in. But I'm Casey fucking Holiday. I ain't just nobody. Reason two? I had too much damn respect for the Havoc Rumble and the outcome of that match. Despite the fact that I wasn't the biggest Michael X or Ryan Lockhart fan in the world. I was brought up in this business better than that. Cashing in would have undermined the Havoc Rumble, and I wasn't going to do that. Very reasonable point, one would agree. Mm-hmm. And the final reason, well, let's just say, contrary to some gossip, contrary to what some in the locker room would say, it's not that I'm not worthy enough to face Ryan Lockhart. It's that Ryan Lockhart... He's not even worthy of facing me. <laughs> Bold claim. Right. Like a champion that hid behind bitch boys and defeated Chase Wilds a bunch of times is worthy of facing me? Sure. Oh, and Beach Crew disbanding before I can get to him? Yeah, sounds like a cowardly move. And just to get this out of the way, I'm not cashing in on cards because, again, that would be undermining what Alex Richards accomplished last week, and I've got... Far too much respect for the guy to do that to him. So when is she cashing in? She's running out of time. Could be glory. At the end of the day, Ryan, I'm not the one that has to prove that I'm worthy of facing you. What I've done in this ring, that speaks for itself. It's you that has something to prove because at the end of the day, if you can't beat Alex Richards, someone who I've been twice, including the biggest UCI title match ever, then you were never worthy of sharing this ring with me. So here's what's going to happen. I'm not cashing in tonight. I'm not cashing in at Glory. I'm not cashing in at Carnage. There's not going to be a cash-in on any old episode of Clash. So, Richards, Lockhart, you have nothing to worry about when it comes to Carnage. You two will have your title match without me lurking, and I'll be watching that match very closely. I won't do the cowardly surprise cash-in crap either, but I want you to remember a date. August 18th, 2019. Wait. That's the day of Uprising All In. Keep that date in your memory, because as far as that night is concerned, Uprising All In, the winner of your mess at Carnage, will have to deal with me. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, Casey finally cashes in the All In briefcase for All In at Uprising. And whoever wins against, whoever wins between Alex Richards and Ryan Lockhart will have to face her in the main event of that show. That's going to be a huge match either way. Um, you know, Holiday has really come into her own lately, so... Yes, and I think this is a good way to to avert the problem that I hear Lockhart talk about all the time, is that 
when you're the world champion, you have to constantly go up against opponents month after month that you can't build stories with. I think that with this, you can you can build a story with that person and not have it just be like a one month. Oh yeah. Piece. Like this person's been eyeing you since the Havoc Rumble, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, with this also, I mean, you also have, you know, the all-in briefcase that night, so that could really be a game-changer as well for the next few months. If someone wins the all-in briefcase on the Uprising show and then cashes in on the main event, I will be fucking speechless, but uh, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to jinx it, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, Holiday, Richards, Locker, either way. Great match. <laughs> Excellent match. And let's move on to the main event for the Hardcore Championship. In uh, red corner, Mr. James Wolf, And in the blue corner, Mr. Corey Ball. This, like, the, the three the, the three of these guys, you know, Wolf, Bull, and Slater, all three. And you throw Rage in there, you know, from the uh, first title match. They've really made this hardcore title division something to watch oh yeah this is so fun this is such a nice niche for guys like these guys who like i i love multiple i love the multiple short rp format i think it works really well with this belt and it's producing some really really cool shit it is for sure i mean you know wolf and slayer the week before this tore each other apart and then you got wolf and bull this week i mean Wolf and Slayer kill each other all the time. They do. I feel. Uh, <laughs> they so, do. Yeah. When I was when I was at WCF, uh, Kennedy and Slayer a little uh, protege storyline, and they actually feuded over the hardcore titles. So, <laughs> and Wolf was always lurking. He was always around somewhere lurking. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, as we scroll through, there's some shenanigans. There's more thrills, spills, and shit fires. But <laughs> the champion retains. Corey Bull gets the downward spiral onto James Wolf and gets the win, wins the main event of Clash, and he holds the hardcore title tie and roars! Okay. For, and lack, like, for lack of better words, Corey Bull's just a monster lately. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is a division that's built for monsters, I feel like. Yes, for sure. Uh, so good. And uh, we have the final segment of the night. The Alex Richards celebration segment. He starts it off by playing Let's Get Retarded in Here by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> the uncensored, not safe yes. for radio version. Uh, ten masked men walk down the ramp with t-shirt guns and they start firing Arby's sandwiches into the crowd. What they didn't tell you is uh, Kennedy Matthews actually paid for uh, those men. They're actually her servants. So, Of course you have servants. <laughs> the real family. We have to have servants. Anyway. Fucking imperialism. <laughs> Sandwiches for everyone. Hot girls for everyone. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this reminds me of a segment that I wrote way, way back in the day when um, I was writing a return segment for FPV and the owner of WCF at the time was a character named Eric Price who was uh, a billionaire. And so I wrote a segment where I came back and I uh, to antagonize because he was a heel and I was a face uh, to antagonize him I fucking uh, splurged a bunch of his money to make like a really elaborate entrance set for like uh, I think a segment where he was talking I had him interrupt with like a bunch of like a symphonic orchestra playing with 
he had Michael Buffer announce him on the microphone. <laughs> it was really funny and like that splurge of money right there. Yeah, it also a splurge of money. I don't know. I don't think that I would get I, I don't think I would eat a sandwich that was shoddy by a t shirt gun. <laughs> I would hope that the sandwich was properly wrapped before firing. <laughs> because I don't want sauces and all sorts I gotta, of I gotta say, I gotta say uh, the, the Arby's I work at we're all about speed but sometimes that means you have to take a step back and wrap in the sandwich <laughs> oh, man I, I just cannot deal with that I, uh, I, I need I need I need I need my sandwiches wrapped or else it's gonna be gross everywhere and my fingers are gonna be messy question is was it just raining like uh, roast beef. beef at that point it was beef and cheddars. They oh, said it earlier. Cheese, remember? Cheese sauce just ran down on top God, of it. Beef, just beef and cheddar falling on like what? You know, you you must know that there is some probably some fucking make a wish kid in the crowd is like my wish is that I want to attend the AW show and then it is AW show at the very end he gets hit in the face with roast beef and cheddar. Um, we'll, we'll we'll let torture handle that lawsuit. <laughs> Oh, I do not know where, where I went with that, but let's get to Alex Richards. Now, people, this is a serious occasion. A serious occasion for a party. More music. This is a great celebration, this I gotta is, say. This is so silly. The crowd I'm is chanting. Mass confusion. Mass confusion. Ah. Uh, you certainly have that right. Mass confusion is what this party is all about. Because I'm sure you all think I'm out here to celebrate earning a world title shot at Carnage. But that would just be tack. Even tackier than the time I mixed those thumbtacks with some Kia and created some Kia Red. That was a mistake. And so we'll be celebrating becoming number one contender. So no, this celebration is not for me. This celebration, it's for you, Ryan Lockhart. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> I just love the Richards character. Like ever since I've faced off with him in WCF, I just love the character. Oh god, it's so it's such a fun character. I see you people aren't too impressed with Ryan Lockhart, but you should be. He's the longest reigning champion in action wrestling history. To help me out, we have the Ryan Lockhart primetime band. <laughs> Marching band begins to play a surprisingly passable version of Joe Esposito's "You're the Best." <laughs> Oh, my God. The only way it could have been better is Wind Beneath My Wings, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really important to celebrate Lockhart's record-setting world title reign, especially one week after his title defense against Bobby Rage, because Ryan Lockhart's title defense against Bobby Rage, it was his last title defense. Enjoy it while you can, Ryan. Why does Alex Richards sound like Vince McMahon is my question. <laughs> And Ryan, our match of carnage is gonna be hell in a cell. <laughs> Ryan Lockhart, you're the newest member of the Curse of My Ass Club. We have Vince McMahon instead of FPV tonight, guys. Shut up, Kenny Matthews, you're fired. I thought you gonna fire me at one point, just saying. <laughs> Like, I even, I, I will straight up admit that I messaged Torture and told him thanks for not giving up on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I love any excuse to bust out the Vince McMahon voice. I used to do <laughs> Lapsed Vince. Uh, I used to do a bit on the WCF broadcast where um, there's a bit on the Lapsed Fan Podcast where they will uh, have a bit where they play Vince McMahon talking with Pat Patterson about something. And uh, Vince will be like, oh, Patterson, get in here. Patterson's like, oh, what's up, boss? And there's a, and it'll be like, he'll describe like whatever they're talking about. It's like, I need you to get me a wrestler from WCW, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, I try to recreate that, except I did the Vince McMahon voice as Seth Lurch. And I would just be like, no. I don't even remember if Seth Lurch had like a number, like a Pat Patterson or something. I think I just did the Seth. Whenever I would read a segment, I would read it in the Vince McMahon voice. Yeah, that's, that's just great. Especially, like, looking at Seth and seeing how skinny and stuff he is. Like, just thinking of him with a Vince McMahon voice is perfect. I love that the last... I love that the poster for WCF Endgame is literally just a picture of real-life Seth Lurch just fading into Infinity War dust. That was great. Mr. Price, I don't feel so good. Oh, but, uh, Alex Richards about to say something, but that sweet, sweet, saucy by Polythia music hits, and then Ryan Lockhart's on the stage, and business is picked up. Let's see. <laughs> Alex Richards drops the microphone, and the crowd begins to cheer and roar. Lockhart stares right at Alex Richards. He's looking up at Alex, but he's not backing down. The champion is 100% serious. Alex Richards is now serious. The crowd is buzzing. Ryan Lockhart winks. The crowd boos. Lockhart turns to exit the ring, and Richard smiles and turns towards the marching band. Lockhart drops the championship belt and dra- grabs a trumpet out of the marching member's hand, and Richards turns around, and Lockhart decks the trumpet across the face of Alex Richards. <laughs> you gotta love the trumpet getting involved. Now listen, the, as a member of marching band for a good nine years of life, that... I can tell you that's not proper trumpet maintenance. No, that's not proper trumpet maintenance. I was a tuba player, and even I can tell that's not how you treat a trumpet. You, <laughs> you treat your instrument with love and care and respect. You don't use it to deck someone across the face and deliver something. I mean, I mean look at Xavier Woods. I mean, he, he makes sure Francesca's taken care of, so... Xavier Woods loves Francesca more than Xavier Woods loves his own wife. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so Lockhart raises the championship, copyright... Clash fades out. Oh man, what a fun show! Lots of show lots of sure. good lots of good matches. Lots of like not a whole lot of segments, but the segments that were there were really fun. Yeah, the Kyle Kemp segment I think really took it for me. Like she's just straight up telling me he's a choke guard lose. It's just a matter of time. Oh, <laughs> it's it, it feels so things later in the night too. Yes, it really is a good you know with this whole uh, Kemp breaking smart and whatnot. Really. It, it get that win after the loss to Spencer at Evolution. So yeah, yeah. well, uh, that was the show. Uh, we're gonna move on to Glory, but I also just remember do we have the cards? Also, yeah, uh, we could probably just read once we're done with Glory. Of course, of course. Uh, all right, so we've got the um, the bracket. up in front of me. I just start doing predictions tournament to 
So uh, yeah, we can definitely do that. So this might be putting you on the spot a little bit because the first match to predict is Kyle Kemp versus Kenny Matthews. You know, I had a chance to read Kemp's arc. I mean, it's it's gonna be a fun match either way. Yeah, I, but I'm not gonna say win or lose. Like I'm I'm really not gonna predict that match. Just yes, yeah, I'm in fair. it. But um, Kemp had a great RP. Like it was fun. It was what you would expect from Kyle Kemp. Yeah, for sure. Um, if I had to pick, I think I would also go with Kemp because I feel like we we always say that he's really good. He 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 has he needs to get something to do. So I think. I think that this is, like, his best opportunity to really break out and shine and not yeah, be, sure, like, that sure. quite smart um, cloud. So, I would say Kemp for that one. Next up, uh, Lizzie Hope and Walter. Oh, man. Both of the... All the RPs for this tournament were amazing. I've read them all at this point. Um, I, I really do have, I'm sorry. I really do have a lot of faith in Lizzie in this one just because of the way she presented her role. Walter is a great role player, but it's still a... You can tell it's a newer character to him. So I really think Lissy Hope with the established character gets into the semifinals from there. I I have all the respect and love in the world from boy Walter, but I do think you have a point in that. He is trying to figure out a new character, whereas Lizzie Hope has been around for a bit while. So I think I think I will go with um, Lizzie Hope for this one. And then these next two are so fucking big. Yes, they these two. Gosh. So, so like I said, I don't envy the judges at all. So, QDT, Wade Moore, Leviathan. <laughs> I mean... I really think, and I have all the respect in the world for QDT, but I think I think the Leviathan is, it's his Achilles heel. It's just his weakness. I really think Wade, like I said, Wade Moore is doing some of the best work I've ever seen him do. <laughs> yeah, you... I agree with all that. I think that QDT, I think he's going to come out swinging tonight. For sure. Because he's already had that one loss against Wade, and he's ready to jit, so to speak. I think that he'll come out, and I think he's uh, I think he's going to pull out the win. I think he's going to avenge his loss. Ooh, so we get a disagreement. <laughs> yeah, we got a disagreement on this one. <laughs> and uh, KOS and TO. Um, <sighs> KOS was the first RP up, and it was solid, but T.O. T.O.'s T.O. T.O. Straight up. And I think T.O. wins it. I mean, yeah. I, I have all the love in the world for, for Jordan and what he does, but I really think T.O. gets that one. I agree with you. I think that T.O. T.O. winning the U.S. Championship right off the bat coming into A.W. would it would be so awesome. It would. it would. It would be great for, you know, for the legend that is T.O. Blaze, you know, for the guys and girls that haven't seen T.O., which it's very few here, but there are a few who haven't really seen T.O. And when T.O.'s popping, I mean, it's straight up, it's almost impossible to beat him. Yeah. And because these two matches we have agreement on, I think, uh, who would win out of Lizzie Hope against uh, T.O.? My money says T.O. Yeah, I mean, it's... It would be a very close match, and, you know, my heart and my brain are totally conflicted. Like, my heart would want Lissy to win it for the royal family, but my brain says T.O. would win it. You know, I love Lissy to death. I mean, it's one of those things that T.O. is just so solid and so hard to beat. But Lissy motherfucking hope. I know that. I know Lissy hope, but T.O. motherfucking blaze. Yeah. 
Lucy motherfucking home. Motherfucking blaze. So straight is quiet, and then all of a sudden it's like very I'm sorry. Violated. I got a soft spot in my heart for Lucy. Australia has been so quiet this entire recording, and all of a sudden it comes out with, but Lucy motherfucking home. I've been listening. I know you have. I know you have. Um, so, uh, uh, so let's say that the uh, semifinal for the upper half of the bracket. Let's say it's uh, let's say it's Kemp versus uh, QDT wins in that bout. Oh, you know, I like I stated, I had the opportunity to face both of them a couple weeks ago. I think QDT would would edge out Kemp. I feel like QDT, you know, would want it a little bit more than Kemp. And I feel like QDT just has the edge uh, in the way he does his shoot. I feel like I've, I was having a discussion. I can't remember who it was with the other night, but sometimes comes off as too nice. I noticed it in WCF when he was feuding with Bonnie Blue. I noticed it when he was, you know, when he first went out on his own from Fight Smart. He's just too nice sometimes. And I think, you know, Face Kemp is missing that edge. That is really, really ironic because the memories that I predominantly have of Kemp are when he was in Beach Crew at WCF and he knew he was the biggest dick heel you've ever seen. Like, he would, like, attack people randomly and he would be really slug all the time. So they hear someone being like, I think his main problem is that he's too nice. It's actually kind of funny to me. But I, I understand. Uh, it's, Odin, it's just with the turn is all I mean yeah. by that. Like, it's something that Odin told me in the, in the feedback uh, for him. He said that, uh, the thing about face FPV is that he needs a bit more edge to him. Not he, he just needs a little bit more edge. That's not, like a. I think it's a common face thing. Is that unless you're Roger Payton Jr. and your entire gimmick is that you're super fucking nice all the time, then you need to have just like a little bit of it to you. Yeah, I will. You know, back in the WCF, I told Australia the same thing because Australia's original gimmick was I want everybody to be my friend because I'm new to America and. I was uber faced. She was so, so faced. Like, she's like, I don't know what to do for shoot. And I'm like, because you want everybody to be your friend. You can't really. It's hard to shoot when you want everybody to be your friend. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Actually? What's that? It reminds me of uh, Daniel Bryan's character in season two of South Park Regional Wrestling. The yes. French man who's like, I just love America so much. It's so yes. good. It's to learn from you. And then he, uh, he has like the uber man. He's like, Shut up, we don't want your kind here in America, you dirty Frenchie. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure on that one. Uh, so, uh, what if it's Kemp versus Wade Moore? Again, I, I just, <clears throat> I think Wade's just on a tear. I think Wade would just take that one. Kemp, I love you to death, but I just really think it's Wade Moore. Do you think that you could beat Edie to your Wade Moore? No. I mean, straight up honest. But I didn't think I'd beat Noble Savage either, so... Fair. There's that. I'm, ve- I'm a critic, and I think that's everybody. Like, when I look at my like when I look at my roleplay from the Noble Savage match, I was like, man, I could have done this differently. And everybody's like, oh, no, 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 what you did was great, what you did was great. And I'm like, but I could have done this differently. You know, I keep yeah. going back and looking at it, especially, like, this week as well. I'm like, oh, I should have done this, or oh, I should have done that. But uh, it is what it is, you know, I'm... I'm getting used to the to the to the voice of Kennedy Matthews. So, I've played Kennedy Matthews for almost eight years now. So, yeah, and multiple feds. You're, you, AW isn't your only fed. I was gonna bring this up like a bit later during questions, but like I've seen you in like 
a lot of federations. You are. I, I've jumped around just to try to find, you know, my home and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm in a couple now, but I'm only in one as Kennedy Matthews now, so I'm focused yeah. on that as Kennedy. Uh, I would never be able to do that. I tried to do two at one time, and I was just like, this is, I can't do this. I, I need to just focus on one. So I've always been a one-fed kind of guy. Um, yeah. Well, like, the reason I'm able to do that, when I first started fedding, um, I was in three feds who were all sister feds. Uh-huh. So I was I got used to jumping around. You know, one week, one week I would be in this fed. One week I would compete in all three of them simultaneously. Like, somehow, all the shows were on Monday, and I was there as all, uh, on all three shows. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, how does that, how do you maintain that? That's overall. It, it takes time to get used to. That is to. one of the biggest, uh, that is one of the, um, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think that AW should not go dual-branded, because that is just overkill. Even just two, and not in the three, like you're suggesting. Yeah. But, and that, like I said, that was three different federations, and like the fed heads of each of those feds were all role players in the other feds. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you could all work together and get this book better than this. Like, yeah. But then when it got down to it, the core, the core of the feds were all like the same ten people. <laughs> so, so let's assume. Yeah. Let's assume that it's either QDT or more in the finals. Let's also assume that Tio's in the final in the finals. Does Tio beat QDT? I think well, that would, I, I mean if that could happen. I think Tio I think Tio beats QDT, but I think Tio loses to more. I really do. That's yeah that's Wade, like I said, is doing some of the best work I've ever seen him do. I got to see like burnout tired of this place Wade over in in uh, WCF and then when I came over here I was like where's guy when I faced him, like, because <laughs> yeah. I had a tag team title match early on in my WCF career, you know, as Kylie Moore with Liliana Rose in Forgasm, and it was against Dune and Wade Moore, but Dune carried the yeah. team, like, Wade Moore posted, like, 800 words, and I'm like, I thought this guy was good, like, and then I come over here, and I'm like, what the fuck, man, like, <laughs> that's just the thing, sometimes but you, just need, sometimes you just need a change in environment. It is, and that's what I needed with Kennedy. Like I was, I was not happy in WCF. I jumped to Action Wrestling last October, I believe it was, and I've been happy here for the most part ever since. You know, there's a couple times that, you know, I was like, oh man, I, I can't believe I keep losing. Like I lost for three months straight, unless it was a no show. Yeah, I, I have definitely been there before. It is, <laughs> it is rough, but you just have to stick with it. So I think we've pretty uh, definitively figured out that the winner of this tournament is either Tio or Wade Moore. I'm here for either result, honestly. So, like, and honestly, I would love to see a shock. I really would. I would love to see a Lissy Hope or a Kyle Kemp. Oh yeah, that would, those two are just shit. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I know that Lizzie asked this question because you wanted like predictions from uh, for this tournament. But the thing about this tournament is that it's a one night tournament, and you don't know how. You don't easily know how results are going to go down. We could see upsets. We could see, you know, whatever. So it's hard to predict these kinds of things. I think we did our best given the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, like I said from the get-go, I mean, even from the first round, this was just a stacked tournament. Yeah. When I first saw this tournament, I was like, what the fuck is Torture doing? He's, I really was, I don't, like, I I straight up was like, he's putting way too much work on himself and Gravedigger and the admins at this point. (laughs) 
That's not that's not there is in Lorido. There's two more matches. Oh, two championship matches. First one is a rematch for the TV title. It's Claire Hawkins versus Roger Payton Jr. I believe that Roger is on too much of a roll at this point to give up the title this yeah. early. So yeah, I that's think, true. I uh, think he's going to retain. I love Claire, but I'm with you on that. I think Roger Payton retains as well. I would. I. It is not out of the question for Claire to win. Not at all. Wins, so we'll see how it when goes. Claire is on, she's tough to beat. Claire went on a roll with that TV title. Yes, yeah. she did. I mean, knocking out, you know, Hazel Overton, Estrella. And Estrella gave her all she wanted. Like, I straight up told Estrella when she posted that role play, like, she had a shot. <laughs> yeah. And we also have, for the Tag Team Championship, Talon Enhancer versus Red, White, and Bruised. If T.E. loses, they leave A.W. forever. Well, here's the thing with this. Yes. I think the talent enhancers can win by disqualification. Mm. Red, white, and bruise keeps talent enhancers keep their jobs. But I think red, you know, Carly's on a roll. I don't see yeah. them beating them at all. So yeah, I really, so I, I, I really do. I think it's a uh, kind of obvious that it's going to be Carly in this one. So yeah. And it's been uh, nice knowing that talent enhancers. Yeah, it's been nice knowing. The town and answers. Um, so, uh, this clash card is uh, pretty neat for a couple of reasons. It uh, is. I'm just going to blow through a bunch of matches and we can just give a few words about each. Um, opening matches Dane Preston versus Jacob Lister versus James Wolf. Oh boy, howdy do. That's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I would go with Jacob on this one because Jacob I, is kind of going on a bit of a roll. I think we might see L.A. Johnny Styles make an appearance. Absolutely. That is absolutely uh, in the question. Uh, Zombie McMorris versus Chad Wagner. I mean, Zombie. I yeah. mean, it's, How can it's, you it's go just against, Zombie. Yeah. How can you go against Z-Mac? Yeah. <laughs> uh, R.J. Collins versus Scott Slayer. This is an interesting matchup. Uh, this is an interesting you know, matchup, yeah. It's a good it's a good chance to see Scott Slayer step outside of that hardcore, you know, word cap. Yeah. But I think RJ's just on too much of a roll and Slayer knows I love him to death. I yeah. mean that's my that's my protege. But I really think RJ's just too tough. Uh yeah, I agree with Derek Vaden versus Jerry Miller versus Charlie Sadist. You know, when I first saw this match, I was like, man, they're really trying to get me to <laughs> lose my shit. But, you know, it's it, it's going to be a fun match. It really is. Um, I think Vaden takes it. Even though it's my match, I think Vaden takes yeah. it. Um, can I say a funny story about Charlie Sadist? What's that? Charlie Sadist was talking with Vaden on the internet for trying to challenge him for a title match when Vaden was champion. And then out of the blue... I, I just happened to read Vaden's thread, and I see Charlie say is talking at FPB saying, FPB, you already had one infamous crucifixion match. Why not be the special referee for the next crucifixion match between me and <laughs> Derek Vaden for the Cruiserweight Champion? I, my reaction both in character and out of character was like, why though? Why would you want to do that? Because like I don't I don't really know what happened there, but oh, so I told the story basically on the Twitter board. But the cruiserweight, not the cruiserweight, the crucifixion match. Mm-hmm. You could actually call it like the cruiserweight crucifixion match. That would actually be pretty 
pretty neat. But when when FEV took part in the Crucifixion match in 2013, the reason why he went up against NVL in that match was because um, NVL fucking murdered his best friend on national television, and he was out for vengeance. And so this was like a blood feud match on the hottest, in like on the WrestleMania of W7 on one. And so like, there's a reason why it was a match that was that brutal. And Charlie Satan is just challenging Vaden to a match willy nilly like that. And I was like, no. So that's my uh, that's my Charlie Satan story. It's not really that much of a story. I, I think it's funny, you know. I think we all know who the handler of Charlie Sadist is at this point. I actually don't. Oh, okay, then I'm not going to ruin it. So, oh, I'm not going to then. I'm going to drop the story. Intrigue. But they did pretty much come out and say it in the chat, but oh. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, cool. Uh, another, uh, you did skip the match, though. You uh, skipped uh, oh, not I, Savage I, God. I did. I apologize. Feminine versus is. the Savage God. Gods, oh boy. That's named oh. Preston's wife, I believe it is. Feminine. Like that's the, the character's wife and her tag partner. Feminine is whose wife? Uh Dane Preston's his character's wife is the leader, I believe, of Femdom. Okay. And uh it's the uh I think it's Allison Riggs Preston is okay. the leader. Okay. Well that's pretty neat. I love it when someone's a wife in a character like uh, Kevin Bishop with um Karma bit comes out and like marks out their own niche, but um, Savage Gods. Savage, it's 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 noble. It's noble. It's looking for revenge, you know, after the law, the last couple of losses. Yeah, so I really think that it's just gonna be too much for Femdom this week. Um, another cruiserweight match: Andre Jensen versus Shane Drexel. Uh, my um, I my support is Andre. fully fully on Andre in this one. Especially the, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you paid attention to what Jensen's doing with this character now. Oh, vaguely. The random. Well, Jensen. he's randomly doing whatever his uh, D20 dice rolls up. He's got two full lists of stuff, plus stuff to work in. And apparently this week, he had to do it as a wrap. Oh, I loved it. And he did a wrap featuring Gandalf. So, if you get a chance, FPV, check that out. It was hilarious. I will try to, and that's why I will go with Andre Denson on this one. Yeah, Harry, it's Jensen. Harry Hippo Diderot versus Ryan Elias. I'm going to stop on the Harry Diderot retirement tour. And um, you know, love Hippo Harry, but Ryan Elias, I think, takes it. I really do. Same. This is another one where Harry's just putting over that new talent, baby. Yep, pretty much. Uh, next up. God, look at this match. Look at this match. Casey Holiday, Michael X, and Alex Richards versus TFK, love, and a surprise partner. Who could the surprise partner be? Um, I don't want to say that I think it, it... I don't think it's as shocking as people are going to think. I'm going to say that it's probably... It's probably Kids Grove. I, that's where my... That's where my gut says it's also Kids Grove. But I could also I could also see it being Hajit, possibly. How or Chase Jackson. She's out of jail. <laughs> I mean Australia Louise is out of jail. Could be Australia Louise. Nah. Could be. <laughs> um, but I mean, look at that team of Casey, Michael, yeah. and Alex. That's a that's a, home, that's a home that's a home of a team, so yes. um, I have to say they're shadow love. 
Yeah, Australia is very partial to Shadow Love. Oh, yeah, I'm so. very partial to Shadow Love. Shadow Love is my boy. I'm the number one Shadow Love mark, according to him. Uh, Dagger versus a mystery team. Who could it be? Oh. This mystery team, like, it's racked my brain. I've been thinking and thinking and thinking. It's the royal family. I really have no clue who it could be. I actually know who it is, but I'm not going to say who it is on the podcast. Uh, moving on. Should be a good match, though, probably. Knowing the mystery stuff, it's probably going to be. This this last match has me intrigued just because... Why is this match happening? I'm so happy it's happening because it's fucking awesome, but I am curious as to why. Uh, Double championship match, Cruiserweight champion versus world champion, Alexander Pashenek versus Ryan Lockhart. Komiya isn't messing around tonight. I will say... Wording it as double championship match almost sounds like the titles are on the line. Oh, no, no, no. I don't they, think that's the case. No, no, they are. Uh, they are? A champion versus championship match where the winner can walk out as double champion for the first time in action wrestling history. Will former BK members Passionac and Lockhart be able to settle the score once and for all? And who will become the first double champion in wrestling? I think this may end up a no contest. I really do. Oh, God, yeah. If, if, it, if it is a no contest, that would... It fucking suck, but it's but a it match, and you have to do seven hundred word count the rest of that's history. The, well, that's the thing; it's seven hundred words, and I don't yeah, know that how Lock would match up with Pasternak in seven hundred words. Yeah, that's a, this match is very partial to Pasternak because it is in that seven hundred word fucking uh, framework. Framework. So we'll see how that goes. I, I don't want to put a prediction on that because that that's a very fishy match. So it is how it that is. got booked, but. <laughs> I'm glad that he got booked. Even though, you know, Wade Moore's book to glory, maybe Wade Moore comes out and destroys both of them. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> All right, well, it is time for some questions. Yeah, the fun part, right? <laughs> First off, for Ken Ken from Derek Vaden. Been meaning to ask this for a while. On a scale from one to Magic Man, that's how hard is Jerry Miller crushing on Vaden? The signs are all there. It really shocked me that Vaden put this question in and that he was the first person to put this out there. But I'm going to say it's a five. I mean, she just kind of acknowledges that he's there. So, I mean, Jerry Miller, you know, she she's out for herself at this point because she, you know, she's she's in the royal family. It wasn't the original idea. So, like, it's one of those things I had to try to figure out where I was going to go with her. And going to the cruiserweight division just made the most sense. And he was the champion at the time. It could have been anybody. All right. For Australia, what made you think of the free Australia storyline to write you out of action for a bit? Were there any other plots that you tossed around instead? Um, Australia was actually going to be deported originally. Yeah, I had this whole storyline out, and then I realized that there's no way in hell she would be deported and get back in the country within a month. (laughs) A bit unrealistic, yeah. So that's why... Jace put all the drugs in her house. Yeah, well, we knew it wasn't Jace's drugs, but it actually, you know, when I approached Tord about it, he was like, it helps everybody. But if you, I know you probably haven't, but for anyone listening who's read my RPs, I set this up, like, way back in February when Estrella's ex-boyfriend started doing the drugs in her RP, in the promos, Mm. trying to hint at it that it was all of his stuff. Yeah. But Jace just became the fall guy, you know, with the ban- banning and everything. So, 
the ye old banding. And for the podcast boys, how do you feel about the admins trying to steal your thunder with their own podcast, particularly interested in Pasta's point of view? I am really interested to see Pasta try to go out on his own as a podcast host. Yeah. And he's, from what I've seen, he's done an okay job of organizing things together and making sure that, you know, everyone that's on his podcast talks, you know, the appropriate amount of time. Yeah, I was I, I was just you know hoping that, that that Corey would be around for this, but it's okay. Yeah, here's the thing. I actually I told Corey, yo, I'm gonna be recording later than I usually do for the broadcast. So if you want to hop on, he's like, I don't know. I am recording the Advent Cast tonight, and I don't know if I can stand talking about fake <laughs> online wrestling two nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I give him credit, but uh, yeah, next time I'm on here, I want Corey. Plain yeah. and simple, I want him on here. Well, that's a good uh, batch of questions from Derek. Thank you. Moving on to the old Cantagrove. Why do you hate me so much, FPV? I do anything for you. I will say me and Cantagrove were talking the other day, and he's like, he's like, FPV needs to put me on the podcast. I'm like, I think he wants to. You just have to talk to him. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And I'm going to freak out a little bit about this, but... I would love to have Sam Kidsgrove on the podcast, but you know who else wants to be on the podcast? Literally the entire fucking roster of AW. I'm trying. And here's the thing. I know that within the next two weeks, I'm going to have Harry on the podcast because he he, 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 he talked to me way in advance about this. And so I think that I need to start a waiting list for the podcast because so many people want to be on the show. And, like, I need to... It's going to take me a while to accommodate everyone. And so, yes, I, I, I want kids grow so bad. I want a lot of people on the podcast. I want Spencer Adams on the podcast really bad. Yes. I want Corey Bull. I want, God, who else? I, I want, uh, I, oh, God, if I could get Shadow Love on this fucking podcast. <laughs> if, if you could work it, I'd like to see, like, Scott Slayer just hear his opinions, yeah. you know, a 14-year-old yeah, coming yeah. into because, like, a 14-year-old is going to have a massively different insight into how this kind of thing goes. Um, and I will say, um, there is only one person that I have actually specifically invited onto the podcast. That They didn't come out to me. I came out to them. And you, I, I want you to try and guess who it is. Corey Black. No, Corey Black came torture. to me. Uh, no, I, I tried going to torture, but torture was busy. So um, technically, I did invite him, but he cannot... I have no clue that I thought for sure it was Corey Black. Uh, it is uh, the boy Tio. Tio. Because here's the thing. I'll have to go find that in WCF. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tio is... I talk with Tio literally every week on Skype for, uh, via D&D. And, so, and I also know that he has a, a really good insight into this hobby. So I will get him on sooner rather than later if I can finagle it and schedule it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I will get everyone on this uh, on this show at some point. I'm working my best to try. That's why I'm trying really, really hard not to have repeat guests because then I think people will feel like it's massively unfair. It's favoritism. Like, yeah, favoritism. Because like I want guys like Vaden again. I want Wade Morgan. I want Corey Black again. But I need to wait because I need to get everyone else on first. So. Well, I had to sneak on to Kennedy's week. <laughs> yeah, you had to sneak on when... I know, I know. I was like, well, I'm going to be in the house anyway. So basically, your guest was him, and I was like, nah, this shits me too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, by the way. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, moving on from that, why is this going to be so much? Are we continuing this feud, like, out of character now? I or? thought the feud was over. 
You killed each other in hell in a cell! Uh, Dandy sucks because he hasn't been booked in a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's why Dandy sucks. I mean, we miss Dandy RPs. That's why he sucks. Yeah. Why is Kennedy British, and do you need British lessons? Okay, so Kennedy Matthews actually started in a hybrid uh, real wrestler CAW fed. Mm -hmm. Kennedy, there was a friend of mine there that had a character named Sadie Matthews, which has been used in Kennedy's RPs. Um, I actually still talk to the handler. Like, when I first brought Kennedy back, I talked to her and said, hey, I'm bringing Kennedy back. Can I use Sadie in my role plays? Got her, got her blessing for that. Nice. Um, so she actually came out as, she was the little sister of Sadie Matthews, 15 years old, and they started working together. Well, the handler of Sadie got way too busy in her life. She's a mother. You know, she's a wife. She got way too busy. So I kept Kennedy going. I kept rolling the character. And she's just kind of stuck. Like, she's been she's been the character I've played the longest. And even when I get rid of her, I keep thinking, hey, did I, did I do everything I could have? So Kennedy keeps coming back. Um, as far as British lessons, um, I think I'm doing decent. I mean, I don't know if what I'm saying actually means anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it sounds good. So, but if you want to give lessons, I've told you, I've told Kids Grove many times. He can he can give me lessons if he wants. Cool. What is the best biscuit? And none of these American got the nonsense biscuit styles. Actually, scones, biscuits, and gravy. I'm going. To, <laughs> you heard that, Kids Grove? I'm gonna you I'm gonna trigger Kids Grove. I'm gonna say the best biscuit is the biscuits that you get at Popeyes because they're so dry that you need to drink a billion gallons of water to get the feeling of saliva back in your mouth. He's just trying to trigger kids grow over here. A iced sweet tea. Oh, yeah. That's iced, what you need. No, you need, you need SSG calls it. You need the sweet teas and the sugar drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's great because, like, you know, we talk to Kids Grove every day, and we, we give him so much shit about this. But Estrella was Actually, at the store one day and found actual tea biscuits and took a picture. So I looked this I looked this company up, and apparently this company that she found the tea biscuits for, they make tea biscuits, they make grape juice, they make cranberry juice, and they make uh, vinegar. <laughs> huh. What a random assortment of foods and yes. drinks. He's like, I don't know if I would trust that because they make way too many things. They can't be good. No. <laughs> well, they're 79 cents a box. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what inspired you all to become what you are? I'm a little confused by this question. I don't know if he means the royal family, if he means the characters. I'm confused by the question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a vaguely worded question. I think he means just like, as people. Um, I didn't choose to work at Arby's. I just kind of did it. Uh, that's a job. Being poor. <laughs> being poor, yes. Yeah. I think that's something that we can all agree on. That. Being poor is a very... It's a very convincing way to lead, like, being poor, is, I I don't even know if I, what I'm saying makes sense. Like, when you're poor, you know what you need to do in life, and so that there's like not a whole lot of options. I mean, we can't all have our own Netflix series. We can't. We absolutely can't. But I'm working to I'm working to get there at some point in my life in this fucking degree that I have. Um, who is your hero? 
Um, I'm gonna say Tio Blaze is my hero. Wow. I really like Tio. I'm I'm gonna tell you said that that's actually really sweet. Uh, uh my E Fed hero is actually Bonnie Blue. Oh, nice. Ever since um Liliana, my old character, went up against her, my second week ever RPing. I'd never written a role play before in my life. That's why I aspire to be like because I cry every Bonnie night. Blue may, about it. Bonnie Blue is traumatized her a little bit. Like every time she sees Bonnie Blue in a fed, she's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to even try to sign up there, because <laughs> Bonnie Blue essentially said that her care that Liliana Rose had been fist fucked in the back all the way up to somebody's elbow. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of traumatized her. So. Oh man. So I have to beat that. I've went up against Bonnie Blue like four times, and I've never beat her. But outside of, outside of uh, e-fetting, I think my hero is uh, it changes from the week. But <laughs> I'm gonna say I I, I want to be like SpongeBob SquarePants when I grow up. It's a very that's, that's a noble hero. goal because he, he doesn't live with Karen War, and he also works at fast food. And he's loyal as hell. So. He is. He's super loyal to people who he who hate him. He's super loyal to people like Squidward who, like, want him gone. Uh, I think my answer for Ethan Hero, uh, I'm going to give two people. Uh, one of them is Corey Black because he has basically watched me grow up as a person, not just as a writer and an Ethan as a person and mature from the shitty, edgy teenager that I was. And my second hero, I'll say, is... Bobby Cairo from the dub. That's yeah, that was before my time. <laughs> yeah, that was before your time. But Bobby Cairo is the coolest, coolest fucking dude. And like he made sure like like talk with me and work through things with me to make sure that I was doing the best that I could do. So that's those that that's my answer. Nice. Um talk me through your process from thought to creation. Well you see, when I have a thought, I write it down and then it becomes creation. Pretty simple. Uh, <laughs> what I generally do for writing is like throughout the week I'll like try to think of ideas for RPs um, that I do and then on Sunday I'll just sit down and, and put words to screen it's, that's pretty much me like I'll sit down you know I'll, I try to write about 30 minutes a day it doesn't always work but I do try to sit down 30 minutes a day and at least add some ideas and then you know I can go back and resituate things later yeah I don't, I don't write every day. I only binge write on Sundays at this point. And it, it's, it, it works okay for me, so, I mean. You see, what I do is I wait till the last minute possible. Like, I'm talking 8.30 Sunday night. <laughs> oh, boy. Then I start freaking out because I all of a sudden remember I have an RP due. And then I go to Jay here. I cry because I don't know how to shoot. And he helps me. Well, here's how you, first, you, you, have, you hold the gun. Put your finger over the trigger and you aim down the sights and then you pull the trigger and hopefully you shoot the target. That's how it shoots. See, I'm not good at that either. (laughs) Neither am I. Thanks, Grove, for those questions. I will get you on here one of these days. I just gotta get through everyone else first. Moving moving on to Quixote de la Torre for Kennedy. How do you get inspiration for your British dialogue, assuming America? I... It's hard, it's hard to really say. Like, I just, 
basically think like I put up what I want to say and then I like situate it around a little bit, you know, remove letters here and there. Try to figure out like what sounds like you're a British dialect. I don't, I obviously am not from Britain. I've never been to Britain. But Kennedy was British because, as we mentioned before, she was the younger sister of a British character. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, I've grown a little bit in the last few weeks, especially with that, where it's easier to read and that kind of thing. But Yeah. You mentioned you've been a fedhead before. Tell us about it and the biggest thing you learned from the perspective of someone who does the judging. Uh, judging is definitely the tough part, especially, you know, when a fed is stacked as this, like... If I ran a Fed that was as stacked as this, I would definitely be like, you know, delegating, you judge this match, you judge this match, you judge this match. You know, hats off to Torture for that, Gravedigger, you know, all the admins, because this is a stacked, stacked roster. So, but it, it's definitely the toughest thing. Uh, the biggest thing I learned from it was just because I, like, even judging, like, with two or three other people. Just because I like it, somebody else likes it. You know, just because I like this role play over this one doesn't mean everybody thinks that way. Yeah, because writing is super subjective. Even when, it is. even when someone puts out like a critically acclaimed RP or whatever, there's always gonna be someone who's like, "Oh, it's not really my my." Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, when I first changed up the dialogue for Kennedy, everybody was like, "Oh, that was awesome! That was awesome!" And then here, here comes Flash. Like, I don't get it. It, 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 I, I, you know, coming from a Brit, I didn't understand. I thanked him for that because, yeah. you know, you see it from another perspective. And you, then need, I, you really need those kinds of people who will provide that yeah. kind of honest feedback. That's why I hold a lot of esteem for Odin because I was doing it where I thought I was doing pretty good. And I thought I put out a pretty good RP. And then he came in and he slapped it with like a two out of five. He's like, you're better than this. You need to do, you need to do better. And like, it fucked with me for like a day, but then after I was like, he's right, I need to do better than this. You can't just be in an echo box of people saying, oh, your stuff is awesome all the time. You need to have people who are willing to say, this doesn't work, and you need to work better on it. Yeah, and, you know, like, um, you know, I I really respect Odin, and, I, you know, I asked him for feedback when I changed it up, and everybody was like, oh, you know, you, you should be RP of the week, you should be nominated for RP of the week, and Odin's like, I give it a 2.5 out of 5, and I'm like, what the fuck, like, it hit me. Yeah. Odin just basically said it was, yeah, mediocre. <laughs> you know what's really shocking, in feedback, Lockhart asked for opinions on his evolution roleplay, and yeah. Odin gave him, like, a 2.5 or a 3. He's like, yeah. I don't understand why you won, this is... Like, he gave him some, like, legitimate criticism on his RPs. And, like, and I think Odin is the only guy who can do that and not have people, like, lash out him asking, oh, what the fuck, it was pretty good. Because, like, people, like, when they ask for Odin feedback, they know what they're getting into. I, I will say, like, at first I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this guy talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I went back and I was like, you know what? Odin writes differently than I do. You know, the, you know he he looks more for this than that, and yeah. I focus more on the other part and then not just this. And I was like, okay, you know what? It's good to see all the different all, all the different opinions on it because Andy Matthews has come a long way. You know, has you know grown into one of the one of the top tier people, and then Odin's over here. Yeah, I give it a fifty percent. <laughs> so it is good seeing both sides. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. Moving on to Australia. 
Tell us about your EFED journey as a couple. Did he have to talk you into it, or was it the other way around? How long did you slash him have to persuade the other one? Do you ever get uber competitive against each other, smiley face? Fun story. When we first got together, he kept telling me about this girl named Kennedy. And I'm super <laughs> jealous. I believe it was Kylie, not Kennedy. I'm sorry. Or, was it Kylie? I think it was Kylie, not well, Kennedy. It was one of his Because he kept telling me about this girl. And then he showed me. And he was like, well, why don't you create a character? And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I came up with the Liana. That's when we found WCF. It was. That's when we found the little bit. I started eating because I was mad. <laughs> she had no idea that I was Kylie and Alyssa at that point. Yeah, but I was, I was livid because he kept telling me about this girl. And I was like, no, you're with me. Stop. I'm going to die. <laughs> You, look, now nobody else can be on the podcast because you killed Frank. But uh, oh, 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 we don't really get uber competitive, but we've never really had a match, a legitimate match between each of us that we didn't already outcome. The to. only one we had was at 13 last year, but it was a triple threat match and one the other. So technically, we knew that one of us was going to win, but it was like, eh, if one of us wins, so what? You know, it wasn't our best work. The chance I think it would be uber competitive because we're both competitive people. She would want to outdo me, you know. Been doing this for sixteen years. Doing this for a, a year, year and a half. Year and a half. So we would definitely. It, it would definitely be interesting to see, you know, in a legitimate match who would win. As one of the few IRL women in the Fed, is that difficult or weird? Is there anything we can do as a Fed to be more accommodating to female handlers? Y'all are pretty chill, though. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely been a little weird for me as someone who's new to the E-Fed world in general. That even though he plays a girl, you know, when I first started talking to Lissy and then Sean added on Facebook, I was like, oh. Here's the thing. You may say it's chill now, but I can tell you. Back in the day in WCF, back in, like, the Wild West days, they were not chill. Well, every year is chill. I will say WCF was definitely a different kind of feel, especially, you know, we got into some uh, some stuff early on that we almost left because there was some personal stuff back and forth. But, you know, Price did the right thing. He squashed it pretty quick. Him and Corey did. And yeah. they basically went, was like, look, we'll keep you all apart. And and that's the mark of a really good fit here, it, it was. But yeah, this is a, unfortunately it's a hobby where not a whole lot of uh, female handlers rise up to like step up. The only other one, the only major one that I can think of is Bonnie Blue. So. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if Noble IRL is a woman. I have no clue. Man, and I don't think that. I was it, like, is Claire? Claire, I don't know. But, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, but yet again, I thought Lissy was a real few. See, like, there's a few things where I want to be, you know, you know, you're not necessarily in the Facebook chat, but all these people, don't, all you guys will sit there and talk about different kinds of sports and stuff, and I'm like, okay, time to leave. The only sport that I'll talk about is football, because that's the only sport that I will even remotely follow to, like, uh, a, like a like a dedicated degree because I'm all about the Saints, but 
Like, I understand what you mean, and like, it is rough sometimes, but... Like, it's a little bit different, because I can't pop in in the chat and be like, guys, look at my makeup I just did. <laughs> yeah, that's not the chat to like, go up and show off makeup. It's like, like they'll be like... <laughs> Yeah, that's cool, but that's not an Arby's sandwich, or that's not a football. I will say, she popped in an accident. She was trying to send her her uh, wedding reception dress to another chat, and she sent it to the AW chat, and everyone was like, yeah, get it, looks yes, good. Because, no, <laughs> I, had, I had plans for a, um, like a group of girls to meet me to try on my wedding dress, and it was, I believe it was a WCF chat. They removed him from the chat so they could be my second bridal party because nobody showed up. Oh my god. That's so adorable. if you're listening, I love you guys. That's adorable. Well, moving on to the the boys questions. Which of the upcoming AW pay-per-views has you most excited? I am so fucking for Uprising. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uprising for I'm, sure. Holiday, like I said, versus either Lockhart or Richards. Plus, we don't know Who's gonna go for the all-in briefcase? It could be nah, any. Not to, not to, not to make a pun, but I'm all in on the all-in concept. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I I'm here for the the money and the bank gimmicks. I, I need them, and especially yes. if they're done well. Like, I think that the Fed heads over here know how to properly handle the the money in the bank gimmick matches. Yeah. And you know, I've seen a lot of Feds try it, and fail epically. But I read through, you know, like the the all in from last year. Yeah. It was. And it was it was amazing. So, you know, hats off again to Torture and Gravedigger for all they do. All the admins really, but those two in particular for all that they do for that. Yeah. Uh OOC highlights of Facebook chat slash Discord slash forum. Uh, I don't really have any highlights per se, I guess. Are there any Thanks highlights between your out. are there any highlights between your conversations with Jensen? Uh, we, have yeah, we have daily about arguments about cookies yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my little brother has a crush on his voice. Oh, that's adorable. And he actually saw me, he saw us talking to Scott you, and he came and he was like, oh, is that cute voice guy? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I can't be I'm sorry I can't be cute voice guy. We were all in a chat with uh, Jensen and with, uh, you know, Michael Traps and uh, Ariel Shadows, whatever, Microman. We were all in the chat, and he's like, I'm glad I'm not cute voice guy. <laughs> and it was perfect. Now, was I, may perfect. Not, I may not be cute voice guy, but I have been told that I have a good voice for phone sex, so take oh. a will. On the Facebook chat. Uh, there's not been much lately. A lot of it here lately has been taken over with the uh, NBA uh, free agency talk. Yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of tune out NBA because I don't follow Drinking, NBA. drinking, like a oh. bunch of people drunk one night and posting right was drinking. Oh, I need and to I, I, I need I to posting the same picture twice. And then Torture posted. I'm like, why the fuck did Torture just post my picture? And he's like, well, you posted it twice. I thought we were just starting a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, no, I, can, I can live. I think I, my I most, I think the last like time I was in the Facebook chat was when I was super fucking hammered. Like, that whole weekend where I was just gone, like, the first weekend where I, y'all know the story by this point, and the, like, few nights after that, where I just, I told, wait, just kiss me already. <laughs> just kiss me already. I gotta say, though, the Royal Family uh, Facebook group chat is where it's at. Uh, and not necessarily 
any like chess, but my one-on-one chats with Corey is usually pretty funny because he usually at like 11 p.m. at night will send me some kind of meme and it won't make me laugh. It'll just make me like respond. Why are you like this? Um, uh, I'll also say we also were all sharing uh, mugshots one night. Oh yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Everybody else like, no, you're not seeing my mugshot. Thankfully, I don't have any mugshots to to share. Mine was nothing major. I basically, I got caught driving without insurance. So I was on on probation. uh, I had a family emergency with my ex-wife down in Georgia. We, when I was married to her, we had to go down there for a family thing. I left my phone at home. I missed a probation hearing, which just happened to have a drug test attached to it. Mm. Automatic test bench warrant out for me. So I get a job as a car salesman. They're like, but we can't hire you until you take care of this bench warrant. I'm just like, fuck, I didn't know I had one. Turned myself in. I was in six hours and then released. Well, at least at least you turn yourself in. I mean, like, as far as crimes go, that's kind of innocuous. Um, yeah, I just happened to have the mugshot, and I was like, look, here's mine. And I was like, yeah. Uh, I, I remember Sean sharing his mugshot in the story where, like, I think he had, like, a like a bar fight or something. Yeah, DWI. Oh, yeah, <laughs> DWI. Because uh, he's Lizzie motherfucking Hope. Because <laughs> he's Lizzie motherfucking Hope on the fucking scene. Uh, this, is a, this has nothing to do with anything, but there is, like, in, in college, when I was still in college, I was... I was like, I was talking with this girl that I I wanted to like get with, and like one day we're just like talking, and like she just randomly brings up like very like sheepishly, oh yeah, one time I got a DUI, and I was like, oh really? Oh, they came of it. It's it's whatever. <laughs> I I only remembered it because you said uh, that he had a DUI. So. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on working in anger when you may not vibe with out of character. I've not thought of like it, like anybody. I, I I get along with pretty much everybody. Like I haven't found that one person. Oh, I don't like you. Uh, I can think of like one person, but Estrella and that particular other character are just two different circles. They would never, <laughs> unless it was like a tournament thing, you know, where they just but all got thrown together. I'd also like to say that you know I can work with anyone in a defense setting. Like I don't yeah. have to like you out of character. To work with you on something yeah. like I didn't even know Lissy's handler until we started talking and everything. So yeah, um, it's definitely possible to work with them. You just gotta, you know, you know, be like you talk like you're talking to anyone else. Just light and like make sure that like you're staying professional and all that good stuff. It's definitely possible to do it. And finally, with the U.S. tournament complete thoughts on things like this, last to have the grumble, where it's expected to shoot on multiple opponents at the same time. In your view, is it best to do so evenly or focus predominantly on key players? General thoughts appreciated. Um, I'll actually go with what I wrote this week. Like, I focused, my first almost thousand words was on Kemp, my mm. first opponent tonight. And then I focused... Another 800 or so on Wade Moore, who I see as the biggest threat. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of threw, you know, a few paragraphs here and there about everybody else. I think that's a good way to do it. It's definitely good to put all, a predominant amount of focus on the one guy you know you're going to be fighting. And um, putting focus on others as need be is, is all well and dandy. But um, I think that's generally the way to go with it. Uh, the one time where I went... Uh, uh, 
in recent memory, I had the last hardcore, the WCF hardcore title match at Endgame. It was like a multi-man contest, but a lot of people were no-showing, and the only person who was really putting a lot of effort was Michael X. And so my second RP, I just put a lot of focus into shooting on Michael X and why I was going to beat him specifically. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, he posted a third role play against my two role play and went and got the belt. So that didn't work out for me in that particular instance. But I think that is a good way to approach it. If you can put a even amount of focus on everybody and make it work, then that's also like another way to do it. But that's, I think, probably a bit more difficult. Yeah, and I will say, like, you know, Havoc Rumble's a little different than, like, the Glory Tournament because anybody could show up. Oh, yeah, like... At least with the Glory Tournament, we knew it was between seven people. Yeah, we were gonna be yeah, the Glory Tournament has no, like, surprise opponents. Like, it's not like the Havoc Rumble where you have to shoot on potential legends who could show up for a quick one-night return. Yeah, I mean, you never know who's going to show up at Havoc. Like, we... I didn't know Scott Slater was going to show up. I didn't know, you know, Mikey X was going to show up and win the damn thing. Like, Noble Savage was another big one. You know, I was like, wow. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't have anything for these two. Yeah. There were three or four or whatever. Well, thank you, QDT, for the questions. Always appreciated. Moving on to Carly Nash, who only has one question. Do you think we will see a WCF versus AW Invasion or an NWO TakeOver style storyline? And I'm going to very emphatically, definitively say no. The not. closest thing I think we'll ever have is the run the Beach Crew went on. Yeah. Honestly. And even they were like, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> I think the closest that we'll ever get is the Havoc Rumble because that's when everyone was fresh off WCF closing and everyone was coming in to like, and then join the roster. There can't be a WCF invasion because all the big names have just joined AW. They're, like, are, they're already here. And yeah, they're Corey all. Black said that later on. He was like, you "Yeah, know, we're all here." Anyway. Yeah, Graveder and <laughs> Graveder guys points later about that. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, sorry, but there's gonna be no WCF AW storyline. And and I'm I'm fine with it. Like yeah. the way they came in was perfect. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you for the question, Carly. Moving on to Harry Diderot. You, you get to have any real-life title belt for one day, but you have to defend it against a dangerous worker like Ahmed Johnson. Do you do it? And if so, what title? I say no. I mean, we all see what happened to Draws, and that was with a safe worker like oh, Elo Brown. Oh, God, yeah. Elo's one of the safest guys ever, and yeah. <laughs> um, I would have a match for either the... 24-7 belt or the Iron Man DDT belt. Have a match against, like, a guy like fucking, uh... God, who's a dangerous worker these days? You know, Sean Spears, apparently. No, no, you know, you know what? I would have a match against the fucking Bone Soldier from New Japan. Not Bone Soldier, uh, Captain New Japan. I would make it like a... Not even... Maybe just Toriano. They're not unsafe workers, but, like... You know, they're punching you in the balls all the time. and So not someone like New Jack. If New Jack is in the question, I'm getting out of there. I don't want to get hepatitis. I would totally fight for a belt against Botcha Banks. <laughs> she did in Paige's career with a kick. Because all I would have to do is sit on her. Bam, I win. One, yeah. two, three. Yeah, you're right. My thigh is bigger than her. What title would you go after, though? 
be the would have be the woman's. We're all over SmackDown. Whatever was Or you could go even farther. And say I want the divas. The divas because that was the divas title. Uh, that was. Better, I like the, the butterfly. Ugly butterfly title. I like the, the butterfly. competition's not stiff in that area, so that's probably a good choice. <laughs> uh, do you like funny promos, or would you prefer drama set? You know, if I get the choice, I think a lot of times I'll go with funny because the funny yeah. sticks in my mind more because it's better to do good comedy than like really really good drama like only a few select people i know can do drama rps really really well yeah and you know like i I like that we have a good mix like we have you know wade moore william moore going all like serious but there's still an element of humor to it you know uh and then you know you got straight serious character james wolf scott slayer Corey bull yeah so I mean, it, it's a good mix, but I would I would lean towards funny. But if I was judging, I would not judge it based on that. Yeah. Uh, what's Richie Diderot's best nickname? Richie Rich, Gravy and Grits, Big Boy, Son of Ham Hocks, Sherlock Homie, or Butterballer? I'm gonna go Sherlock Homie. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm partial to Sherlock Homie. I think Big Boy, we'd run into a little bit of a, a battle. Or Gravy outcast. and Grits. Gravy and Grits, is just nice because. Too. I mean, yeah. Richie Rich is bigger than Hippo Harry, so... That a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to K-Math and Estrella, is anyone on the roster romantically compatible with Richie Dietero? If so, do they pay the dinner bill? I mean, Kennedy's free now. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I hear Estrella really likes eating, even though she's tiny, so... And she's got a lot of money, so she would probably pay the dinner bill. Well, Richie Rich also has a lot of money, so... Yeah, but I think Australia likes to flaunt it more than Richie Rich, so... The man's name is literally Richie Rich! Australia threw money down in the middle of the ring, demanding a TV title shot. Yeah, my very first money. week in AW, I had a segment where Australia Louise came out to the middle of the ring, demanded a TV title shot, threw like a, thou- or a million dollars in the middle of the ring, literally just out of her pocket, and then they had a rest match. They never said oh, they removed. The, they the never money. said they picked up the money. So I'm, I'd like to imagine that this month they were just fighting on top of this money. Uh, may I ask, what is your favorite cookie? Salted caramel. Huh. Kennedy. Um. Probably the Mega Stuff Oreos. Ooh, that's a good. When one. those came out, I was just like, "This is perfect." Like. <laughs> Harry. For those astonishing questions. <laughs> Biscuits come in two flavors. Country and gravy. Exactly. If you want to, if you want me to call Scones Biscuits, you should try winning two worlds. <laughs> you gotta love Odin just popping in with his oh. normal Odin ways. Holy fuck, that mic is so fucking good. I it is it, like Trapson did a great job with that one. I didn't notice that first. <laughs> Didn't America fail to win against Vietnam, Russia, and Afghanistan in wars? I mean, the only reason you guys won a world war in the first place is because you swanned in when it was nearly over and were like, Oh, hi, this is easy, lads. <laughs> no one come, no one wins when it comes to war to be serial. Not a single person. Yes, this is true. War is terrible and you should not joke about it. That being said, lol, oh, hi, this is easy, lads. I would love to see, like, Odin and Kids Grove shoot on each other. Like, oh, that would just be great. Huh. 
now we move on to Mr. Corey Ball, who asks to Kennedy, So wait, that's a British accent? Sounds more like a few friends from Jersey with some British-sounding words thrown in. It's a really thick accent. Yeah, Kennedy speaks very Cockney. Like, she she may be royal, but she's not from the royal part of England. She's, she claims to be from London, but she's actually from the country, so she speaks very Cockney. So. She's the redneck of Britain. Pretty much. Mm. So imagine my accent, really thick and really country, just British. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> well, all right. Do you think the royal family has come out at the right time with the lack of stables? Do you see any true future challengers? I will say that, you know, when we came up with the royal family, we were hoping we could battle with Beach Crew or work with work, work alongside I, Beach Crew. I, we actually I, talked I, about that. Yeah, I was, I've, I've talked with a lot of people, and I feel like everyone wanted to get their shot at Beach Crew, but... I knew way ahead of the advance that Beach Crew would be done after Evolution, yeah. so I was like, you guys are just setting yourself up for disappointment. Don't try to get yeah. invested into it. Well, apparently, like, they, they thought at one point they were going to try to stick around, but then, like, once they talked about it, they were like, yeah, we're not we're not going to be able to work with you. That's all that uh, Lockhart told me. He was like, we can't work with you. Uh, we have too much other stuff to worry about. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then that happened. I was like, this is the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that everything makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, future challenges, uh, Hollywood Elite, you know, coming out in the right time. I think, I think it could be a really good match with me, Estrella, and Lissy versus Shadow Love, TFK, and Kids Grove. Um, I don't know what Dandy's got planned. Uh, Dandy seems to have a little bit of an aim with Yasmin in this U.S. title tournament and whatnot. You know, I, I did mention in my role play that I expect him to try to make a play at it. Um. But, I mean, future challenges, I mean, we're open to fighting with just about anybody. I mean, that's just what the royal family's about, is fighting for for us, so. Yeah. Stables, it's hard to say, because there are none, really, except for the Hollywood Elite and us. I mean, yeah, you got tag teams, Savage Gods, you know. Uh, Red, White, and Bruised. Red, White, and Bruised. Uh, we had a little run-in with them, so we could easily pick that back up. Um, but, I mean, we're all open to whatever comes, you know, we're always open to working with people. Uh, all you have to do is shoot as a PM with an idea, and we'll see what we can figure out. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the next step. This first question makes me laugh. Why do you deny me my pride cast crap for so long? I had to dip into admin cast heroin, and now I'm a double addict. Why did I hear did that in Braun Strowman's, like, accent, like his voice? <laughs> Why do you deny me my pride cast crap for so long? I had to dip it to admin cast heroin and now I'm a double addict. Wait, 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 wait. Did Australia doubt too? <laughs> it's all Australia's fault. Uh, it's Jace. <laughs> We've we determined that. Uh, I love doing the broadcast, but even then I do have to take break weeks. I've yeah. done two so far and I'll probably do more in the future whenever it's convenient for me to. So that whenever I do come back to do more broadcast, it's always of the highest quality that I can make, so... Yeah, that's why I take breaks, because doing this weekly would burn me out very quickly. Do you think that the Hardcore division should require all its matches to be run-of-the-mill Hardcore and the pay-per-view matches, something all more on the side of you can't do that on TV? I mean, it's the Hardcore title for a reason. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. That's a good way to, like, on you know, Clash, it's just the normal Hardcore match. But yeah. on pay-per-views, it's like a... It's like a gimmick match, like a like a barbed barb wire, wire or something like that. I love that we were both thinking barbed wire <laughs> at the same moment. That's C4 the, in the turnbuckle pads, you know, the yeah. old class Terry Funk Mick Foley death matches and shit. 
especially to Kennedy, do you feel a trio-style tournament should happen in AW? The remnants of Fight Smart and Beach Cruiser still exist, the royal family is a thing, plus the unknown of future groups, and the randomness that such a tourney brings, do you feel it would be a proper step, or too much too soon? The thing with trios is it's very hard to judge, going back to the fed head side of me. Because, I mean, okay, so you got the royal family, you know, say randomly they throw Corey Bull with his with, with his people he's been fighting against. Now, they've got to try to coexist against a cohesive unit. It, it, it adds to the it adds to the drama, but it's sometimes a headache to judge. Uh, yeah, the remnants of Fight Smart are there, but, you know, Spencer Adams is totally different now. Kyle Kemp is totally different now. Uh, remnants of Beach Crew is still there, but, I mean, they're fighting each other this week. So. The remnants of Beach Crew are there, but they're not allowed to team up with each other. Exactly. I, I think, you know, you got to read into that because they're they're not allowed to team up by by Camilla's, Camilla and Torture's rules. So. Question. Yes. What would happen if they ran, like, say, you know, this tournament would and happen, you know, touch. like the tag team tournament where it was randomly picked? What happens if they accidentally get put together? I think Torture works around that and uh, puts them with somebody else. He'll just yeah. split, take two teams and mix them. Gotcha. Torture torture has his ways of doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah the battle ball was very random, but... Torture. But I got brother Torture is God, and torture works in mysterious ways. Yes, yes. Um, as far as trios, I would like to see it happen, but especially with the style roster we have, but I don't think it should be stables. I think it should be kind of random like Battle battle Ball was. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go with it, because if you have, you have like, uh, like a few stables that are like concrete and like are already stables against a bunch of rando teams, then that makes things a bit difficult. But to have everyone be a rando team like a battle bowl, that works a bit better. Yeah, I would, really, really I, would I would like to see a trios tournament, uh, but I do agree in that it is a bit much, um, and it's hard to judge. And uh, thankfully, with word counts in place, there's no repeats of the trios tournaments in WCF that would go into like a, like 10k role plays and all yeah. that. We don't need that. Um, I, I will say this, uh, since you bring up 10K role plays, um, I've told this to many people. I was judging in a Fed one time. Guy wrote 25,000 words. It was a real wrestler E-Fed, mind you. Why would you? He wrote 25,000 words. He lost to a guy who wrote 2,500 words. Because his 25,000 words would be, I'm going to kick your ass in like five different ways. And it was way too much. You know, I agree with that ruling. If if you if I had the option of reading like a nice short and sweet twenty five hundred words versus five thousand word book at that point, the question is not is it's not it's no kind. It's because if you were writing twenty five thousand words and you're like monopolizing judges' times because they have to read through all that and they have to read everyone else too, so. So he lost the world title that night. He went on the next week on Raw and won the title by a no-show. The champion put on him. Wow. <laughs> yes. I, I hope he learned his lesson. I really he only posted about 7,000 words at that point. All right, that's a bit better. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for the questions, Corey. Moving on, to, you, Corey. Moving on to motherfucking Lizzie Hope in the motherfucking house. Uh, hi, friend. Seems she's been truly rejuvenated after the royal family reveal came into fruition. 
Did you expect to have such a positive reaction to the new things you're doing, new way you're writing, or has it been a pleasant surprise? Well, what what I really think helped was the royal family coming to fruition, and I think Jace being gone from Kennedy. I feel like Jace was kind of holding Kennedy back a little bit just because of trying to find ways Jace and the relationship into the role play kind of, I think, held me back. Um, you know, it's been a pleasant surprise, especially the win over Noble Savage, you know, a couple weeks ago. It's somebody I really respect. And when I won that match, I was, you can ask Australia, I came up to, we were both working at the same time, and I was, like, shocked. I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. But, yeah, it's been a pleasant surprise. I think the royal family has helped a lot. You know, this, the, the dissension between Lissy and Kennedy has kind of helped a little bit with it as well, especially the fact that they could potentially face off in that semifinal match. Really helped as well. All right. What are your What are you most excited about here in the short term for the direction you're taking, Kennedy? Any new feuds you're eyeing and storylines you're pondering? Um, I have talked a few feuds. I'm not sure which one I'm going to go with yet, but I think I kind of have an idea. I'd like to feud with uh, Kyle Kemp a little bit more. I think me and Kyle really work well together as a feud. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have the royal family. You know, I've got to worry about that as well. I've also got Jerry to worry about, so I'm pulling double duty in action. Granted, Jerry's 700 hard max, yeah. so so that's what, that's another reason I moved her to the cruiserweight division. I think you know, writing two, three thousand more role plays a week is just a bit much. So instead, like in one fed. So instead, I move one down. Now you've got Jerry, you know, feuding with Vaden and trying to get get her hand on Pastor Nack and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's I'm, I'm open to any feuds. I said that in the thread that I posted. Uh, and also earlier, I said I'm willing to work with anybody. Um, I do want to have a long feud with the right person. Like, I don't want it to be something where it's like, oh, we fight a couple times, okay, now it's done. Because that's the feuds that I've had here. Because it's start and stop. I was supposed to come in and feud with Anton Chase. Anton Chase got busy. Couldn't do it anymore. Uh, that So that fell apart. And then the only real feud I've had was a storyline feud where we all worked together and made what what the royal family is today. So I'm looking for a good long feud. I'm not talking Dandy and Kids Grove long, but... Yeah. Uh, since it won't happen for a while, at least not a one-on-one we would RP against each other for, would you be excited about a hypothetical Lizzie versus Kennedy match? I'm really down to, like I said, to work with anybody, but that would really intrigue me, especially where we're supposed to be on the same side. Like, I think that would be the best dynamic to have it with, would be us on the same side, but who's going to who's gonna prevail in that? Who's the leader? Yeah, it could be like a leader storyline, or I think I'm the leader, she thinks she's the leader, or whatever. Like, I'm always down. The original plan was to not have Lissy in originally. The original plan was going to be Kennedy and a mystery partner versus Estrella and Lissy like we had happen. But Estrella was going to turn on Lissy. And then the deportation was, or the jailing deportation was going to happen. And while she was gone, Lissy and Kennedy were going to feud for a little while. And then when Ken- when Estrella came back, she was going to be the glue thing together. But then we, you know, Lissy was like, you know what, I kind of think this could work. And decided to turn at Evolution. Alrighty then. What are your ultimate goals in AEW? I think everyone's goal is to be world champion, but as long as I'm having fun and being happy here, that's all that matters to me. 
But yeah, of course, I would like to be world champion. But I'm trying to start small. You know, I want I want to win this U.S. title tournament. If I don't, I'd like to go for the U.S. title. You know, I've had I came close to beating Dandy for it. Really close match. Uh, really thank him for that. You know, but I really would like to win that. You know, and Jerry. You know, of course, she wants the cruiserweight title, but we'll see when. And do you want to talk about any other characters that might be brewing in your head or that you've already started working with? Well, with the deportation storyline, I'm sure you saw Big Blur on the boards. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a mass <laughs> wrestler. It was going to be... He, his gimmick was going to be he's a hacker. Ah, uh, oh, okay. He was going to hack into, like, the action wrestling uh, mainframe, best with people's interests, and then he was also going to get it where Estrella could say her piece from Mexico and still be working without being, having, being able to be in America. So he was going to come to fruition, but we instead went the Jer- Jerry Miller route. Um, I I do role play as another character in another fed named uh, Lucy Six. Totally different than Kennedy. Lucy is a very troubled person, former drug addict, former alcoholic. She's a single mother. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that is so a volatile she, combination, if ever there was one. Well, her whole thing is her therapist actually was friends with the Fed owner, quote-unquote. And instead of her going to jail for an incident, she was, a, she was a rock star. She hit a girl with a guitar at a show. And instead of going to jail, she started going to therapy. The therapist got her to where she could let her anger out in a controlled environment like a wrestling ring. So she's totally brand new to wrestling at 23 years old. And she's, she's doing pretty well for herself right now. She's uh, in line for a junior heavyweight title shot there. So, Well, moving on to Australia. How excited are you to get back into the fold? And was the break refreshing and successful in clearing your head a little bit? Uh, I'm nervous because, you know, I haven't written anything in about a month and a half, but I'm excited. I have a few ideas, so. Will Lizzie and Estrella ever do the dirty? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I doubt it. I've not thought about Estrella's sexuality. She's not straight, but she's not gay either, so... She's Pam like me, apparently. <laughs> well, it looks like it was just the side right there, so Lizzie might have a shot. Who knows? <laughs> what are your plans with Australia when you begin writing again? Um, I'm actually going for, like, a very anti-American. Like, and I had this idea before Hajit, like, turned. <laughs> Poor Hajit stealing people's thunder. Because, you know, Australia just spent a month and a half in a U.S. federal prison, like, with the big boys, with the murderers, and she wasn't treated too nicely, you know, so... She's a 19-year-old Mexican from Mexico, so... Like, not a Mexican-American, she's from Mexico, like... So, so I, I do know that you said that you wanted it to be, like, anti-justice system. Yeah. Not necessarily anti-all-America. Anti-government, basically. Nice. Almost anarchy type thing. And lastly, what's your favorite song to karaoke? 
Valerie by Amy Winehouse. That was my very first song I ever karaoke at our favorite bar where he proposed to me at. And I do it every single weekend. I'm going to cry for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he, sang, he got me in the middle of the room saying, I swear, and then popped the question. And I bawled like a baby. On that extremely touching note, moving on to the questions for the fuck boys and the guests. Now that everything has been posted, predict glory for match to match. We've already done that. Also talk a little bit about how, how the turnout was and if it met expectations. So I think that as a whole, it I think it exceeded expectations. It, it, I, I don't think Torture thought that everybody was going to try as hard as they did in this tournament. And everybody, you know, from the original team brought it. And the way it's fallen has just been amazing. Like, the matches, we, I mean, Walter, you know, showing what he can do against somebody like Bo, not a slouch. Like, there were no slouches in this tournament. I mean, Hajit's everybody's favorite character. I mean, he's the king, so. You will meet his name. Predict the secret partner in the six-man tag match. Yeah, I think we pretty much decided it's Kids Grove. Yeah, it's probably going to be Kids Grove. Predicts the matches from Carnage that have already been announced. That's tough to do, because really especially it, it depends on this tournament. A lot of it does. It really does. It's impossible to think, like, even two weeks into the future. With, uh, I, I guess... I can see, like, a big cruiserweight title match. Pasternak, Vaden, Miller, Sadist. Yeah. Uh... The winner of the tournament versus Dandy. And I, can, I, can, I can see it being that's a, a good one. Threat. I can see that being a triple threat. Um, I could I could actually see either the Hollywood Elite or Savage Gods taking on Red, White, and Bruce for the tag titles. Yeah. I think that would be a really good test for Carly about how far she's come as a writer. So um, obviously, I mean Casey Holiday, I think think we might get a triple threat. Ooh, Lockhart, Richards, and Holiday for that world title. Hey, that could be something. It, that match, and I would not want to be judge match. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> going to be a match where people will go all in. Not, no pun yes. intended, but they will go all in. Thank yeah. you, Lizzie, once again, for Thank you so much for uh, Skipping over Graves, Deviger's little spiel about uh, WCF Priest's AW. Moving on. to TFK, who asked, Kennedy, thoughts on TFK? Thoughts on Shadow? Thoughts on Kids Grove? Thoughts on the inevitable forming of the Hollywood elite? I will say the three characters on were major forces. Um, I definitely didn't see it coming. Um, the, the thing is, you know, with TFK being this director and Kids Grove being the made sense, but I never really thought that it would happen. Yeah. So I I would love to see where this is going. Shadow Love is kind of like the... He's hes like the drama. Like, he's the dramatic person. And they're just like, everything's got to be on camera. And Shadow Love's like, no. Miss Miyamoto's, no, no, we can't do that. Like, <laughs> But, like, it's going to be interesting to see where they go as a team. Because I could see them either lasting a long time or imploding and having, like, a triple threat match. 
<laughs> the Hollywood elite will probably be the most extra stable that I've seen since, like, the original, original Beach Crew. Well, we're going to have to say the royal family will give them a run for their money on that one, so... Oh, oh boy. Uh, Australia, would you ever think of working a story outside of being connected to Kennedy? I think we almost did one with Karma and you, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, Liliana Rose and Karma Bishop were supposed to be the original Daughters of Darkness, but that failed. Yeah, uh, Bishop got kind of busy when we started doing the Dark Carnival over in WCF. So, you know, he, he's, he's a busy man. He's a, you know, he stays busy with what he's in life. And it just really, like, we really want to see where it was going to go. Um, it was ultimately going to lead, apparently, to but, the Brotherhood. So, but Liliana really, you think, was there with Karma, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Karma. I'd like to have a story outside of, you know, because all of my characters, Liliana and um, Estrella, have been tied to Jay's characters, Kylie and Kennedy. I've never really taken that step out on my own since learning about this E-Fed world. I'm catching up on the Facebook chat. I'm just looking at what what sort of bullshit is happening. I see a lot of people getting removed for some reason. Removed? Uh, Andre, Andre Holmes getting removed. Now look what you made me do. <laughs> Torture removed Harley Merritt from the group. Torture removed James David Combs JD from the group. Yeah, that's that's my other account. <laughs> Torture removed Michael A. Stelzner. Oh no. Ooh, results update. They're going up tomorrow morning. Judging done. Most of the match writing done. Also after scouting and Gary Digger finish up to semifinal matches where Hajit and the Patel wins win to the advance to an all triple <laughs> finals. Oh, Oh boy. Okay, just waiting to see if there's anything interesting happening in that chat. Moving back to questions. Yeah. Uh, for both of you, would you ever take a seat on TFK's casting couch? LOL. That sounds very dirty. That's the point. TFK is a porn director. So. Um, no, Australia is innocent. Gosh, that's the joke. Um, it depends on what's offered. Kennedy is always down to figure things out. I mean, she did date Jace Wilds, so... That is such a weird euphemism for sex, figure things out. <laughs> no, no, my straight is very pure and innocent. Nobody believes that. She's been to jail. Kennedy's never been to jail. Under false so. accusations. Well, Kennedy's never been to jail. When will the royal family square up with the Hollywood elite? I mean, I think it's kind of inevitable. I mean, we're the only two real, like, stables outside just tag teams here, so I'm for it any time. I mean, hopefully not for a little bit, because the Royal Families just now, with Australia coming back, is getting their footing, and the Hollywood Elite's just now coming together. So I feel like, let them grow a little bit. I can see that. One down the lane. Yeah. Thank you, TFK. Great questions. Moving to the boy, Love. Uh... Since everyone came up with great questions before me, and as one of your biggest fans, I just wanted to—I just wanted a big bro shout out to say hi to his hashtagies. Yes. Shadow uh, Love and us have been very close, especially Australia. I think. Oh yeah. They work together in Battle Ball. They're in the whole Battle Ball. 
Shadow Love took his time to personally message me on the boards and really helped me, and we've been messaging ever since. That's awesome. Like, we legit have a friendship. He is my big brother. That is awesome. Shadow Love is so wholesome, and yet also is not wholesome at the same time. (laughs) Uh, For Kennedy and Estrella, what are some of your outside influences and outside inspirations you both have as great writers when writing your role plays? When Kennedy, you know, when she first started with the, like, when she came back, she was the queen instead of the princess because Sadie had been injured. I almost based her a little, kind of loosely off of Charlotte Flair's gimmick a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's wrestling royalty, you know, her family was wrestling, were wrestlers, and everybody thinks that's why she gets the things she does, and that, that was a big thing for me, and also, you know, the... The fact that Sadie Matthews was such a laid-out character back in the day for for Kennedy, it, it helped with like character development and that kind of thing. Uh, so we own Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was trying to figure out how to do this heel turn, Ariana had just released the song, and I was like, you know what? She's I literally based every point of Australia's new personality off of that song. Nice. Jerry Miller basically is just Billie Eilish. I mean, straight up, she's just a, I have a fuck you attitude towards the world, so. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I saw a meme that said, Billie Eilish is just really good. You guys are just mean and hate teenagers. (laughs) I like Billie Eilish. Yeah, Billie Eilish is good. Although, <laughs> I was with a bunch of people at a party, and they kept calling her William Eyelash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Australia, how were you when you successfully teamed with Shadow to defeat Zemac and Bo Blaze to reach the finals of the Battlefield Battle Ball tourney and your overall third place finish? What a sentence. So, when I first saw that I was teamed with Shadow, I was like, fuck, I would kill this team. You know, because that's Shadow Love, and I would only, like, a month in the Fed at this point. And then when we teamed up, I think my favorite thing that I remember out of is in that last match where she finished third, Shadow Love, Australia ran towards Shadow Love. He threw her up in the air. She did a 360, 450. a 450 yeah. spin, and he launched her across <laughs> into somebody else's face. Yeah, went nice. straight down on Kyle Kemp, I believe it was. Either Kemp or Adams, because it was one of the last two. Nice. I remember, like, at first she was like, who's Shadow Love? And I was like, I don't remember, like, because I had only been here for a little while. So, like, I asked somebody, I'm like, who's Shadow Love? They're like, oh, that's just Shadow Love. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that doesn't help her. Like, so that's when she started messaging, like, Shadow Love messaged her and introduced himself. It was it was great seeing her face. Like, but I do remember we did beat the Cowboys from Hell. She was like, I was so excited. She was like, we just beat them, really. Like, I've never seen her that excited to read the results. That's that's wholesome, wholesome shadow love today on the podcast, folks. Uh, Kennedy, you're starting to your groove with your character. So, are you feeling more pressure or less pressure? going up against such a talented field of opponents in the AWUS type tournament. You know, I really wasn't feeling the pressure until Torture posted in the 
group chat and was like, yeah, Kennedy Matthews has really stepped it up. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like I do feel the pressure, but at the same time, I think I'm answering the pressure pretty well. So, what uh, what you drinking over there? You drinking some soft drinks or are you drinking some alky walky? Uh, she's drinking a grape soda. I'm drinking Bud Light. So she just got so, a, another yeah. story about that party and that the people I was with. I was with like uh, some people and. We were driving, I was going to go buy some booze, and the way that she kept describing it was like, oh, Frank's going buy his alky-walky, and it's like, <laughs> what? It was funny, but I hated it because it just, it it felt wrong to hear. Yeah, I could I could only imagine, like, somebody told me I was going to buy my alky-walky. <laughs> and, like, it was like, it was like, it was, it was a funny joke at the time. Uh, with Shadow's sort of ties to the royal family... And Australia's sort of ties to the Hollywood elite. The odds of Australia turning on the royal family, and what are the odds of Shadow turning on the Hollywood elite down that long and ever-winding road? Anything's possible. It is. It's action wrestling. I mean, I don't know if I see either one of them turning. I think that a, a, an alliance is more likely, mm. just because the ties are harder. But, I mean, I'd love to work with or against them. And as well, you know, she said she's never stepped out of working with me. And I've told her many times that I want to see how good she can do without working with me. And I think she's finally to that point where she, even if it's as a different character, she's going to do that eventually. Question. I love how every week he comes up with a new way to describe the people <laughs> inside. Questions to FPV and the Motley crew, and feel free to give the royal family stick as well. Hashtag besties. Why did Beach Crew wipe themselves off in the white, white, white wash waves rather than face the Hollywood elite reality and some totally gnarly AW big wave surfing competition that would have definitely wiped you guys out as being the face stable of the AW franchise? I think uh, they were just tired of dominating it, really. I think they wanted to give other people a chance, and I yeah. think it was very noble of them to do that. Yeah, and I'm glad that they did step down because... I don't know how much longer a beach crew will take because it's yeah. been going on for a long I mean, I know, time. I mean, then was right a, like my first big pay per view was the War Games pay per view, and yeah. I was like, each crew was there, and like I've been here almost a year now. <laughs> yeah, so they, they stuck around a lot longer than I think anyone thought they would at the very start. So kudos to the beach crew and the people who first orchestrated that stable many eons ago, and. Uh, it's ended. Good on them, and good on Shadow Love. Yeah, good on you sure. for being such a wholesome boy. Thank you, Shadow Love. Thank you. Uh, back to Kids Grove. Ask him more questions. <laughs> I uh, think Shadow Love inspired him. Yeah, I think he did. How stoked are you for the Hollywood Elite? Where do you think the goals will be, and who do you think will throw down against the Royal Family soon? Everyone's asking if the Royal Family and the Hollywood Elite are going to throw down. It's going to... It's going to happen at some point. Now, it, it? it almost makes me want to say book it, Seth, but Seth can't book it. <laughs> book it, Seth. <laughs> uh, book it, torture. Book it, tort. Book it, gravy. Uh, I'm very stoked for Hollywood. But only I, country gravy. I, I am, too. I think it's going to be a very fun stable to watch, especially alongside the royal family. You know, they're both very heel. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's really cool to see the progression of both the royal family and... The Hollywood elite. But have they ever went to jail for selling back to our heroin? <laughs> We've already determined that was Jason's. Stop. <laughs> Jensen or Kids Grove? 
it's hard to say. They're two totally different characters. I mean, Vincent's the comic. Like, I love the comedy. Kidsgrove has the comedy in there, but he's a more serious character. So yeah. it's real to say one or the other. Uh, but Jensen's rap really did win me over. So I have more experience with the Jensen character, so I, I'm, I'm inclined to go Jensen. But I will give Kidsgrove credit: is that Kidsgrove can be successful in ways that Jensen cannot, just because of the gimmick that Jensen runs. Uh, and also, does my Jensen stuff work? And I, think I mean, it's only it's only been one, so it's hard to really say. But I think it will work because yeah. Jensen's it, it, just a great he's a great role player, and I think he'll find a way to get it done. Exactly. Are you looking forward to Jensen and Maddox tearing up the whole fed for like three years this time in a blood feud that will make kids go over Danny look like best friends? Oh god! Yes. I, I'm not. I don't want a three-year feud. You, I you, make it four. You know the joke on that, right? Actually, I don't think I do know the joke on that. Oh fuck! Yeah. Fuck! Jesus! No! Shut up! No! Don't get out of my life! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it took me a while, but I finally got it. Yeah. Put the two together. Oh man! It's right. But, uh, if you do it for like. Oh, like a few weeks, it's fine. But, like, don't do another blood feud with your different <laughs> characters in the Cruiserweight division. Don't listen to him. Do it. Do it. Oh, TFK sing marking out for themselves. And now, sorry, the Hollywood Elite are never sorry for marking out for the Hollywood Elite. Oh. Very wholesome there at the end afterwards. <laughs> he does. Love you, besties. Ah. <laughs> uh, one bestie to the another, in an effort to let our guests talk about what they're involved in and to wipe that elite cinch off for a second. <laughs> Queen and Princess, break down the rules of each member. I think we're pretty much, we're, we're all equal. We're just, you know, when we start, first started coming up with the idea, everybody had their own division that they were going to gun for. You know... Me feeling like Lissy Hope is the better role player should aim higher, so she's going to be more of our face of the group type thing, you know, aiming for the world title, that kind of thing first. Um, Kennedy's more of the United States title, you know, even though she's the queen, she's still stepping back, you know, uh, uh, Australia. I'm going to be going after the television title yeah, Ooh, when I get back. And then you got Jerry Miller and the Cruiserweights. So our 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 roles are essentially where our divisions. We are. plan on having a full sweep. That, that's basically. our goal is to have a full sweep. No, not evolution method of staples. I like it. Any potential noobs trying to recruit? I can think of one. Noob? I don't think so. But I'm thinking Hajit. I mean, he's the king after all. Hajit. Um, I'd like to work with somebody like uh, Ryan Elias, or even uh, maybe we can talk that FPV guy into into joining the fold. Maybe he'll turn heel one of these days. <laughs> no, but I mean, we're, we're open to any ideas. Like I said earlier, you know, if you have an idea, shoot it to me or shoot it to Lizzie, shoot it to Australia. We, we all talk on a daily basis. So we all have planned all this out. So if you have an idea, if you want to work with us or against us, just let us know. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we're always down to work with anybody. You know, we may play heels, but we're not bad people. <laughs> I, I would hope that you're not bad people. 
Um, the tension between Lizzie and Kennedy over leadership is an interesting dynamic we are exploring. How long do you think they can go on playfully competing before it turns into an actual issue? Um, I think, like I said, I would like to have one match. But I think, you know, Kennedy is one of those people, she's very about herself, but she knows when she's been beat. Like, when I was feuding with T.O. over in WCF, I finally got to the point where I went to I went to Price and I went to T.O. And I was like, don't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. Because it, it got to the point where I was conning, so I was like, I can't do this anymore. Then I went on to win the hardcore title just a few weeks later. So, hmm. so it's one of those things, you know, I'd love to have the one match where, the, where they can say, okay, this is for all the marbles kind of thing. Put your bets down. Lizzie and Kennedy, book it, Seth. I mean, book it, Tort. I mean, book it, Gra- Gravedigger. Whoever wants to book it, I'm down for it, and I'm sure Lizzie is as well. I mean, I can't talk for for Sean, but I think I think it'd be fun for the entire Fed to see that match at least once. What will the family need to accomplish in order to ultimately gauge their success in the AEW universe? A full sweep. I would want to. Say the titles, but I don't think it actually comes down to fully that. As long as we keep our winning ways, because we, we've all been doing pretty well for ourselves. I mean, Jerry Miller, since coming back, is undefeated, barring what happens at Clash. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennedy's on a roll. You know, she might not be winning every week, but she's getting better. Uh, Lissy has been a force to be reckoned with since she came in. It was just hitting a groove, you know, like I said, gave Claire a good run for her money for the TV title. So I think it ultimately comes down to us just. All right, and uh, final question of the night. Are you happy that we decided to incorporate Jerry after all? Seems like you're having a lot of fun with the little Vaden feud. Yeah, um, Jerry originally was going to be a sacrificial. He was turning. So we we decided that we were going to keep her around. I actually am very happy we did because I finally hit a stride with her where I feel comfortable riding as her. towards a week has. And I feel, especially if you read my role play, I feel a little uh, a little more energized as her because she's gimmick just made no sense at first. I mean, she was essentially just Liliana Rose Jr. off as a character. So when we decided to keep her for the royal family, it realized me to write as her. I mean, it showed with the match, you know, we had the match with Carlos Jackson. I was, I did decent as I did a thousand word role play. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, kept her around. I think that this little feud with Vaden, you know, does she like him, does she not like him kind of thing is going to be really fun. Um, it's been fun so far, like future ideas with the feud. So it's been a lot of fun working with him as well. So. the podcast because the rest of the thread is mostly Corey Bolteet. Oh, well, because Dandy asked who has the meat, who yeah. actually has the meats. Corey Bull. Corey Bull has the meats. I mean, I, mean that's, I, I work at Arby's, but he showed he has the meats. Uh, he's got some pretty good-looking meats, I'll say. I got some pretty good-looking meats. Oh. <laughs> well, I think that's about time to wrap it. That is definitely time. Um,
guys coming out to the podcast. This was Thanks for having a lot us of on, fun. Man. This was Thank a you. this is a fun podcast after dark. We're recording this right now. It's uh twelve thirty six my time. So. It's one thirty six here, and she's gotta be able to ten. Yeah, fun <laughs> shit. I think that next week I'm gonna make good on my promise, and I'm gonna have Mr. Harry Diderot on the show. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. That'll be I told good. him that I'll get him on sometime before Carnage, and I think that next week is as good a time as any. So, for sure. Thanks again for having us, Frank. Of course, always happy to help, and always happy to put out this podcast for you, dear listener. Uh, thank you for uh, staying with me while I was on the break week. It was a good break week, um, and I'm ready to get back into the swing of things, especially with the stuff that I have planned uh, for FPV going forward because I got some fun stuff planned. So I'll get more into that next week. Um, For now, for my guest, Kennedy and Estrella, it's Frank signing off. I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.